I call my daughter Mimi Miley because <laughs> she because um, she loves to piss in the street. <laughs> personal jukebox listener not the normal way to start an episode but i've had to lose the first minute and a half of this uh, this one it was a horrible high-pitched squealing noise that i just could not get rid of for the love no money uh, all you've really missed out on is me and boyd opening up talking about the hobbs and shaw mover and uh, <laughs> stuff like that so yeah without further ado we'll get straight into it You haven't seen this film, no? No, no, no. I would have got here, but um, <laughs> did, it, <laughs> did, <laughs> did not employ continuity people these days. Well, that was just something that took or me... Or they're just so far down the road with the... Because uh, nothing gets made anymore that hasn't got a built-in fan base already. Nobody takes a risk well, with something no, new, no, do they? Not, not that's got a, a hefty budget. Looking anyway. at you, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it that the Marvel series have gone to Disney Plus. This is another thing. I halved my, say, Sky subscription 18 months, two years ago. Cut down on this, cut down on that. And I thought, right, I'm going to just have Sky and Netflix. Yeah. That's what I'm going to have. And then all the the streaming wars started and everybody has their own stuff and the exclusive stuff and they're taking their things off that platform. So you could be, you could be in the situation where you're still paying as much or more but just to all different Yeah, you've you've providers. kind of you've got to back your horse because you'll never the on demand element means that you can always kind of move around and mm. you, you're never gonna watch everything that's on one channel or you're everything that, nah. that you would otherwise be uh, be pulled in by. The reboot of uh, Masters of the Universe is on Netflix. My lad now. told me about that today. Yeah. Yeah. It's I a would, cartoon, isn't it? Yeah. If yeah. I wasn't here I'd be watching that now. <laughs> He only told me about it today, I was unaware. But it's Kevin Smith, isn't he? Well, I'd seen something on... I'd either seen something online, or maybe I'd heard it on a podcast or something like that, in yeah. some way involved in it. Yeah. yeah. See, Kevin's done nothing good, really, since Dogma, so now's the time, Wow, Kevin, that's Don't a, let that, us down. That's a big statement. Yeah. Yeah, nothing since Dogma, yeah? Oh, I watched the Giant Bob reboot a couple I, of months we ago. We spoke about this, oh, didn't we? See, yeah, oh, I've see, seen it since. It's... That's another thing which you know what you're going to get. And I, I was entertained. Yeah. I suppose if you've got that investment... You didn't like the original, though, did you? No, that's when the viewersk universe jumped the shark. Yeah, well, yeah. See, I really liked that. Though. I mean, it was meta. It yeah, was definitely yes. meta. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Self-aware cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, completely. 100%. 100%. Yeah, there's so many laugh-out-loud lines in that film, actually. <laughs> that just be at the start where they're like reading the review. It's like fuck, <laughs> 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 stupid. What the fuck? 
You are the ones who are the ball lickers. <laughs> That's off topic. Um, yes, today, this is something which when I first envisaged, this, this is what the podcast was meant to be about. Yeah, this exact thing that we're doing now. No pressure over here. <laughs> no pressure. When I first envisioned doing this podcast, there was a handful of albums that I put together. Um, I'm sure they're in a, like a note on my on my notes app on my iPhone still, where there's like about a dozen different things, and this was one of them. Doing the Shine compilation albums. So what's your history with the Shine compilation albums? Well, first, actually, first, what 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 are they? They're, I suppose, primarily British guitar-based, non-heavy band compilations that comprise the, um, I'm going to use the Z word, the zeitgeist of mm-hmm. probably 94 through to the late 90s. Yeah. The, the tagline for the first album was 20 Brilliant Indie Hits. That was what it was called. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's basically, I would say, somewhere... There was a record company exec. Well, it was at Poly, was it Poly, Polydor? Is that the, I'll say Polydor. Poly I just Moore. got Polymer yeah. Records there yeah. from um, Polymer. That's it. Yeah. Um, Spinal Tap. Arty, that's it. Yeah. Artie Fufkin, Polymer Records. Okay, so there was obviously a, an exec there saying, "Ooh, these like um, British guitar bands. They're getting a bit of play at the moment. Do you think we could like rustle up a, an album to rush out to the masses and cash in on this one?" And they were like, oh, Christ, I don't know, get Alan McGee on the phone. Has <laughs> <laughs> no. he got some tracks that he can throw our way? Because really, this one, and it, this is kind of a necessary evil, having to do this one first. There's probably, I don't know, uh, out of the 20 tracks, I'd say under half of them are really current to when it was released. And there's a lot of going back in time for There's a for bit this of 89, 90, I think. Yeah, yeah, You could definitely. look at that two ways, really. You could look at them scratching about for content, or you could say it's it's kind of building that... Uh, I'd that, say it's an introduction. Yeah, it's that picture of where the currency kind of immediately derived from and what its forerunners and influences were. Yeah, I believe the, the tagline for the second one was 20 brilliant new indie hits. So there's more yeah, there's, new songs on it. Yeah, the subsequent ones are yeah. kind of like the now for the now. Yeah, that's yeah. what I call music for. That's it. Yeah, that um, that subsection of uh, the top forty because the top forty at that time was very much dominated. But, oh well, yeah. I think British culture in general. Really, you had the NME, you had TFI Friday on Channel Four. It was all well. You'd ha- you'd have the grunge. Explosion, where it, that's all everybody wanted. We're talking about grunge again. The the American guitar rock, alt rock, early nineties explosion, and I think Britain wanted their answer to that. Well, I think yeah. the top three bands that you'd really associate with this movement, uh, unless you're kind of pushing the Stone Roses as an early forerunner into there. Um, I'm talking Oasis, Pulp and blur really they're from a thematic perspective mm-hmm. um their their lyrical content it was very quintessentially british wasn't it it took a very british yeah. look i mean I'd, 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 that they would be the headline names for this this musical direction definitely but i mean oasis was slightly after realistically swayed 
were the first one. Look, looking back on it, um, in spring 1992, Suede released The Downers at the same time that Blur released Pop Scene. And a lot of people credit that with kickstarting Britpop to a certain. Um, the Suede album was like the fastest selling debut in the UK in ever at the time. And, and then Britpop and whatever it was called at that time, I don't think it was really coined that until the tabloids got a hold of it and everything. It sort of bubbled under for the next two years until, until Cobain topped himself. And then definitely maybe in Parklife came out and sort of, I don't know, took over as such. Yeah. And, and, and I think we said this before, I don't know if we said it or some, we said it in a different episode, where does grunge have the self-loathing and the, the hating of oneself and things, especially Oasis, it was very uplifting and like, yeah, yeah. good, I want to be a rock and roll star, I want to live forever, I want to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Britpop was life-affirming, wasn't it? And it was very I, positive. I think, yeah. I it, think initially. Britpop's kind of a bit of a misnomer as well because you've got bands who um, who were very much of of a similar ilk who kind of fed into um, the same movement. Uh, the Cardigans would be a big example of that. Cardigans came along at the same kind of time, yeah, 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 and they kind of. Um, I mean, we've got their, their popularity at the time could be attributable to the movement as a whole. Yeah, that was around that. Yeah, it's around that kind of time. Even bands like. You know what the Cranberries? Yes. They're not strictly a Britpop band, are they? They've but probably got more in common with your American alt-rock yeah. scene and your grunge, I know we're loath to yeah, use the yeah, term. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, probably by, by virtue or by proxy of uh, nationality and proximity, mm-hmm. they, they straddled that line but are probably more associated with your, uh, your Britpop movement than... Mm. I think the alternative. I think definitely you saying uh, about the Stone Roses earlier, like the Stone Roses were a bit before me, yeah, and I, I definitely do think they were like big. They were definitely big in Britain at the time. Part of the the whole scene around Manchester, you know, with the Mundies and yeah. other bands, and I do think that through a combination of bad record company decisions and infighting. And things like that that just massively hampered them at the end of the the eighties, which allowed probably your American bands to come in, steal the youth of the nation, and then, as I say, this was your British bands coming back. Isn't the story that Blur were going out on tour? Like the week Nevermind was released across America, they were in America, weren't they? At the yeah, time? or they yeah. were there. Yeah, and were... I think they'd already released something that hadn't been a particularly had it been particularly successful, and I think they took the that quintessentially British direction off the back of, I think the reaction they got in America. I think it was it? said, wasn't it? Diamond said he he returned to the UK and was like, oh, I'm fed up with all this American stuff. I'm gonna write the most Britishest Britishness of album ever that I can do, kind of thing. There's, there was an element of reaction there, wasn't there? Because. Um, like I say, you've got the lyrical content and the uh, the despondency as opposed to the, um, I suppose, the uplifting, life-affirming element of British music. It kind of brought a crowd on board, um, certainly when Oasis got big, that you don't normally associate with guitar music, mm. guitar-based music. Once again, as we said in the previous episode, how 
Um, Limp Biscuit was the tabloid new metal band. Oasis was a tabloid Brit pop band. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I think that's probably you know one of the reasons. One of the reasons I like Oasis is because there's Oasis songs for the masses. And then there's Oasis songs for the Oasis fans. Yeah. Yeah. And every band has that. Of course they do. They have the songs for the masses. And, but I don't know. I think Oasis have got a big catalogue of that. We'll touch on Oasis on this. Swade, though. What, what do you think about Swade? Well, Swade. There's a Swade track on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I've never considered a deep dive on Swade. Again, harking yeah. back to myself personally, I was. It, there wasn't really a dichotomy because I suppose you had three schools of music around at the time. You had your American alt, your Brit pop, and I suppose I'm going to kind of lump all dancing, like drum and bass, mm. Euro dance. Yeah. Um, that's a clunky term, I know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was crossover, but I think you certainly had a one and a two. And the American alt was number one for me, mm-hmm. as I think previous episodes of established mm-hmm. um, very much but Britpop was kind of my number two um, with regards to Suede you mentioned on the last episode that we did with the, with Billy Corgan with yeah. the vocals and that was a big tripping point for me with Suede Is like the, with Brett yeah, Anderson his vocals do annoy me and I never considered kind of a deep dive for that reason the track on this album in the kind of context um, of Britpop, as in non-heavy, non-distorted uh, guitar work, I think, is it Bernard Butler was mm-hmm. the guitarist around mm-hmm. this period? Because I know Justine Frischman was with them for a spell, wasn't she? She was with Thingy, weren't she? Was she, was, she, was her and Brett together? Yeah, I think they were yeah. a bit of a thing for a while, yeah. yeah. and that's how that kind of, kind yeah. of dissolved and Elastica started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the track that's on this album, I, I did like the... The guitar work on it, mm-hmm. it, it in kind of a Britpop bubble. So yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the for, conclusion, for this, for this yeah. genre kind of thing. Yeah, yeah the yeah, conclusion yeah. I came to <clears throat> harking back was it was the vocal that put me off. Okay, the, Swade are some. Uh, they're a band which uh, around this time I would never have given the time of day. I like didn't like. And now there's a lot of their songs I do actually think are alright. They they're worth a they're worth a bit of a dive. I think yeah, probably you know they're never going to be in my favourite artists my favorite bands but you can see where they when we talk about bridging gaps probably bridging the gaps from um they probably were probably big fans of like the cure see yeah. one of my all-time favorite yeah. bands so i kind of see the 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 line from the cure you know what i mean yeah. to suede and thing but with a with an influence of christ i don't know like 70s rock as well now, there is a band on this album, or there's a track on this album by a band I wasn't familiar with before, yeah. but I immediately picked up those Cure vibes and made me want to do a deep dive okay, on them. Okay, okay. Um, and maybe I'll pick up the influence of them, possibly on some bands that mm-hmm. I'm now into. So um, it's mm-hmm. not Swade. No, no. Okay, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, yeah, as I say, it was released in January, March, April of 95, this first one. April of 95, so we are after the peak. Well, not the peak. Well, yeah, maybe, I don't know. The 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 critical peak, shall we say. Yeah, which you could probably class as um, the, the Blur Oasis country house roll with it. Chart, battle, front page fill-in, first story on the news fill-in of the era. I saw a tweet about, um, because I, you may remember, you may not, I posted something on social media 
many, many years ago mm. when I was revisiting Pulp. Yes. And, um, yes, yes, yes. About the um, Oasis blur dichotomy and you were either one side or the other. And I kind of said, like, now we've had time to reflect. Oasis or Blur, the correct answer is clearly Pulp, isn't it? No. I saw something somewhere no. recently. <laughs> yes. I saw something somewhere recently that I didn't agree with, but it did kind of, me, kind of get me looking at um, Oasis and Blur in a different light. Okay. Um, is that um, someone proposed uh, somewhere online, maybe in Twitter, that the Oasis Blur thing was a false dichotomy created by the media in order to detract from Pulp's um, socialist agenda, which I don't. Okay, that's an interesting. Yeah, uh, interesting I don't view, particularly yeah. agree with that, but it that's kind of got me thinking that part of the reason the Oasis and Blur thing got as big as it did mm-hmm. would be what's slapping you in the face, obviously, about the differences between those two artists. Yeah. Is you've got the working class, middle class, north, south divide. Yeah. So naturally, you're going to gravitate to one or the other yeah, based yeah. on your ingrained identity. And I think that could be part of the reason why it took such a massive cultural foothold. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I think it was definitely sold as that, even though Blur try as hard as they might around the, the park life with, with, with park life itself and girls and boys were, oh, what's the thing called when like you, you misappropriated? What is it when you... Take something. Yeah, cultural appropriation. Yes. Oh, yeah. surely that's what they were doing and trying to be the everyman when they were literally middle class bloody. They did kind of ramp up that element when Oasis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, yeah. They? But... Um, see, I would, I had no time for Blur back in the day at all. Now I can look back and say there's, there's a lot of Blur stuff I actually like now, but I'd still think Damon Albarn's a bit of a cock. <laughs> Yeah, no okay. agreeing. Time for the iconoclast to kick in. Um, <laughs> Oasis Blur, Gorillas are a better band than both. No way. It's, it's just obscene. <laughs> That's obscene. No, 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 no. And I'll tell you what, though. Gorillas were probably a bigger band stateside than both. Bigger than Oasis? Uh, possibly. I think Gorillas were pretty successful, weren't they? I don't know album sales wise, maybe. I don't, album sales are a weird thing when you go when you look at American figures and things like that. Yeah, I mean in terms of in terms of Britain amongst sort of like the uh the musical aficionados, I wanna say, not yeah. the people for who it's a transient thing. I've always thought of album sales as a more reliable metric of what is actually popular and sustainable than singles charts. I've oh, yeah. always felt that way. Yeah, but if you look at stateside, bands like fucking Sugar Ray and um, Matchbox 20 and um, <laughs> um, what's the other band? Sublime, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Were, like Sugar Ray were fucking massive in America. They were. We, t- we talked um, on the last episode, someone asked the question about, um, about stuff that's a bit embarrassing that you kind of like. Yeah. Every morning's a tune. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> but you tell me another one that's even half approaching that one. Oh, um, <laughs> they've got one called Caboose. That's a bit of a banger. Mm, maybe. After that, I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Brick <laughs> uh, pop into Sugar Ray. <laughs> well, that was what was there at that time, <laughs> weren't it? Yeah, that was, you know, America at that time. Uh yeah, as we said, this had more older songs on it than future albums. 
I want to be covering all of these shine efforts. This is going to be like a multi-part, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is going to be like the shine jukebox pod universe. <laughs> Looking back on it. Not uh, Kevin Smith's viewers universe. <laughs> <laughs> this reached number four on the UK albums charts. Obviously headlined by the big bands of the time. Number one in the UK charts on the date this was released really, really ties into this. Some might, some might say this was the best band in the world at the time. still remember the first time I think I've said before like being a fan I got into Oasis right at the tail end of probably the life of Definitely Mabel uh, and I can remember coming back from drinking at the Queen's Head one night and I think United had been playing Norwich maybe in a game where they clinched the league title and uh, over the end credits when they were playing the goals of a United 3-0 win Kinchelsky is sharp and in like running the show they were playing this new Oasis tune that I'd never heard before and it was this song and it was Oasis first number one single what a time to release an album entitled with probably something that is synonymous with Oasis as well with the whole shine kind of thing I'm not a fan of the um that little verbal signature of Liam's. It, in definitely maybe right. he actually says shine eleven times. Mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not down with it. Are you Team it's Liam or Team Noel? All Liam. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. god, Liam. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to, haven't you? Yeah. Let's let's have a bit a bit more of this. This isn't the last time we're going to hear from him. His vocal performance for all the songs on the um, What's a Sorry Morning Glory album, considering what he became a few years later, man, I, I don't think you can knock it. Yeah, the swagger, didn't he? Yeah, the, the certain je ne sais quoi yeah. to be the last great British rock star. Probably not the last rock star, but maybe the last great British rock star. Mm. I'll try and find one to trump <laughs> I don't want to let you have that. <laughs> uh, the number one album in the UK, 
this is a favourite word of yours, a juxtaposition of what this album is all about. I weren't a fan of these guys. This was the other song off the album. Here I go again Through the back streets of my mind It seems my life Old wet times three. <laughs> wet, wet, wet. Indeed. They, um... They sponsored Clyde Bank around this time. Did you ever see Clyde Bank's home? It had wet, wet, wet across the middle. Really? Yeah. Because they're from... Well... From that neck of the woods, aren't they? Yeah, I was really surprised from my job going up to Scotland. How many... How tight things are around Glasgow? It's 50% of the population live within a 30-mile radius of Glasgow. and all like the football clubs that are around Glasgow. Oh, yeah. It's really surprised. It's really because north of like Perth and Dundee, because of the uh, terrain shaped by the last ice age, <clears> until you get to Aberdeen in Venice, it's all fairly uninhabitable. Man, one of my favourite services to stay at is um, Stracathro Services. Shout out to Mr Neil Strung for telling me about that one. On the road up from Dundee to Aberdeen. Fantastic cooked food, if anyone looked that way. Um, and... He, he sent me a message. He was he must have been sat having a shite in the toilet. <laughs> Gets out his phone and he must have been playing on his phone and looked up and there was a personal jukebox podcast sticker on the back of the oh, door. No way. On the back of the door and he sent it. It was like, guess where I am? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh-huh. Well, my mum lives in the lakes, so if I can give T-Bay services a shout out here. Oh, T-Bay? Oh, spectacular. Well, we... I'm, I'm, I'm torn on TV. I'll tell you why. Their food, bang on. Oh, perfect. Not going to yeah. not. They're like, better food than the majority of services. Cumberland sausage roll, chips, latte from there. You'll spend 12 quid on well, that little... Their pies thing. are fantastic as well. When you sit there next to that pond where the ducks are, then kind of mm-hmm. through the window, mm-hmm. and you take that first bite into whatever it is, that first sip of latte, you will know where that 12 pounds has gone. <laughs> it's right. It's... Um, when you stay as a truck driver on the services, you'll pay like whatever it is, but you'll always get a £10 voucher. Now, at T-Bay services and the other farm shop services as their class does. Is that um, the one in Gloucester? Yeah, Gloucester's yeah. one. Uh, and there's another one somewhere, I've forgotten. But you get an £8 food voucher. Okay. Now, there's nothing on the food menu that is under eight quid. So whatever happens, you've still got to put some of your own money towards it. <laughs> but it's different class food. Oh yeah, the last time I stayed at um, oh, there's one further on in Scotland, um, Kin no Kinross, okay. maybe Kinross Services. Uh, I stayed there two weeks ago, and it was steak and ale pie, chips, gravy, and yeah, I think I had to put one pound eighty five. But you know, it was class. I tell you what. It Produced an absolute monster shite the next <laughs> oh, day. As no. well. It was huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. But what, what you said about the concentration of clubs and the concentration of population, <laughs> that's why I don't understand the derision Scottish football gets. Because, yes, it's weak, immeasurably weaker, I should say, than the English league. But you're looking at a population of less than 6 million due to the reasons that we've talked about mm-hmm. and a concentration of that population around Glasgow. So who are they going to support? And mm. when you look at the structure of those leagues, the likes of your Stenhouse, Muirs and the likes, they're basically village teams. Sterling. Yeah. You know. And yeah. If, if you look at sort of a population density compared, um, 
London is bigger population wise yeah. than uh, Scotland, yeah. and it's about similar to Yorkshire. So by the same metric, in the Premier League, if you had the same structure as in England, you'd have Harrogate or Barnet in the Premier. Oh, it's that like yeah. big gap, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, and a population of that size. There's a reason why Germany's economy is as big as it is, and it's mm-hmm. due to the population. So they're not going to generate the uh, the natural revenue to attract the cream of the overseas talent or invest in coaching and infrastructure. So. But I can remember, like at the turn of the Premier League, yeah, Man Rangers and Celtic were getting equal caliber players to the top players in the Premiership. Definitely, and. You, this is we're going to go off on a major tangent. Yeah, we are. Strapping for a bit of football discussion. Definitely. <laughs> what I attribute the subsequent downturn to, and we go back a bit, is um, actually this is going to sound stupid initially, but it's actually Heysel and England English clubs being banned from Europe because okay. a couple of years later, Celtic are dominating. Sooness goes north with the mo um, of stopping Celtic's dominance mm-hmm. and you've got English players unable to play in Europe now you look at that 1990 World Cup squad mm-hmm. and how many of them played for Rangers at the time oh yeah Butcher and um, Stephen Stevens Stevens um, yeah. was Haitley in that squad possibly Mark I Walters Chris Woods yeah oh yeah. Chris Woods yeah, yeah. yeah Chris Woods, all yeah. The, and then latterly Gascoigne yeah. and then so Celtic started bringing in Europeans in order to try and keep up. Now, before that, what you had in English football, you had um, Dalgleish, Souness, and later Strachan, McAllister, McAnally, top players in Scotland moving south, and the Scottish clubs picking up players from St Mirren and Partick mm. Thistle, mm. um, Clyde and Stranraer um, to make that step up. That influx of English players um, and then Continentals kind of stemmed the tide of those players. So when English players got Back, English clubs got back into Europe and the natural order was restored. The players making the move then were Amoruso, Claudio Reina, Di Canio. Mm-hmm. So then the old firm, not to lose ground on each other, they're, they're bringing in your Nacho Novos and your Michael Moleses and your Didier Agaths to diminishing returns. And they stopped that flow of talent yeah. forevermore, basically. That's true, actually. I suppose that is right because it was like 91 when the English clubs were allowed back in, weren't it? Yeah, because yeah. United basically went and won the Cup Winners' Cup, cup winners straight cup. away, didn't they? I always used to like the Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was quite a. It was for a Cup team, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's right. And Rangers, that's the same going off on a tangent, but the, the Rangers and Celtic teams of around that time, um, <laughs> you can't knock them. Yeah. That, if they would have stepped into the Premier Leagues now, Pro rata, you know yeah. what I mean? Those yeah. teams, then they'd be competitive. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But um, I don't think the old argument, it's not going to happen. No, it's any, not. Any it's time. Not, it's not going to happen it's, what you're uh, going to say now, I think. No, no. But we, if, for example, you take Celtic and the um, amount of support they've got around the world um, and the, the number of people for whom they're the second team, if they were to get into the Premier League, the... Um, the amount of in- new fresh investment they'd attract would enable them to attract their players. They'd be Champions League within three years. So all this talk of oh, they're Championship oh, sides, yeah. It took. Why a- are they Celtic and not Celtic? Oh, no idea. I asked in English on a previous episode. Yeah. Why are they Celtic and not Celtic? I'd, I've never no. got it. No, couldn't tell you. Just stepping away from that for a second, the number one in the US when this album was released. It's coming. 
You'll recognize. This is how we do it. Until. There's another enduring classic. Yeah, it got a bit of traction over here. Mmm, hasn't there been a, an advert on TV with that on recently? They still do adverts. <laughs> yeah, you just skip them now. YouTube do them. Yeah, I know. If I have to use this to put a YouTube... Oh, in there. They never, you never used to have this voluble advert on YouTube. They're, they're voluble, that train on Still, I don't know that YouTube is still the number one place where people can to consume their music ahead of Spotify, Apple, everything. Well, it's funny you should say that because there were a couple of uh, a couple of tracks on this I was unfamiliar with. Um, so just for just for convenience, really, for single tracks for a couple of these, I did dive into YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we've got uh, Montel Jordan, and this is how we do it. What did he follow that up with? <laughs> Satire. Into- Sorry, Bob Tell. <laughs> no, I don't actually know. I don't know if you're doing this thing. Uh, right. Into Shine. This is number one of a 10 part, potentially, series of the Shine albums. Uh, I've looked all through podcasts across the podcast universe. Nobody else has covered this. Nobody has covered this compilation. Yeah, coming at you with some fresh content. Yes, definitely. Oh, maybe not. Uh, track one. Could you open it? Well, you could have opened it with something else, but we'll have a look at this. Confidence is a preference for the habitual voyeur of what is known as. A morning suit can be avoided if you take a route straight through what is known as. John's got Brewer's group, he gets intimidated by the dirty pigeons. They love a bit of him. Who's that gut lord marching? You should cut down on your pork life, mate. Get some exercise. said I wasn't a big Blur fan but I can definitely remember going to nightclubs when this was played and being well into it. Yeah, they, they went for a bit of a cheap pop with Phil Daniels, <laughs> yeah, didn't they? Definitely, yeah. I was, I'd have been 14 when this came out so I hadn't seen Quadrophenia yet. No, so, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen yeah, Quadrophenia when so I saw this. So to me yet. this was, what's, it, what's this all about? Or Scum. Yeah. <laughs> or EastEnders. <laughs> I think he came to EastEnders yeah. later, didn't he? It's, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd I'd pop for Phil if I'd have seen Quadrophenia beforehand. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. How many people do you think thought that Phil Daniels was Blur's singer? Off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably a good few. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this was the first exposure to Blur. I kind of maybe thought he was another member of the band. Yeah, just somebody else doing a yeah. bit like, um, what's his name? Coxon used to do a yeah, bit of singing Coxon on some of the songs, Alex didn't I? James. Yeah, the Alex James, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, he, instead of having an upfront fee, 
for doing his bit, he set all he cut a deal to have royalties for future forever instead. Yeah, he did all right. He did. Didn't what was he? The uh, the uh, what's his name? Who played Han Solo? What? Yeah. Um. Uh, or, uh, Harrison Ford. The Harrison Ford deal on yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Well, uh, was it? I think it was George Lucas waived his director's fee, didn't he? And said he'd have a that cut, on the, yeah, yeah, have a cut well. on the merchandise. And the studio basically laughed at him and said, yeah, okay, George, yeah, you can have a cut on the <laughs> merchandise we sell. Yeah, mug. Look how that worked out. Yeah, so Phil, Phil, Phil must have been a yeah. George Lucas. He's, he's probably had a check today, hasn't he, George Lucas? Maybe yeah. Phil has as well. Yeah, maybe Phil has as well, yeah. yeah. Not from me. Mm. Yeah, I am. I'm up to that one, PRS. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of this one then? Of this album, well, definitely of the singles put out by Blur of this time, this would have been my favourite. Really? Mm. Mm. I preferred it to Girls and Boys. Well, what my what I've primarily got for this is, um, you could say for Girls and Boys as well, obnoxious novelty song. Oh, there's, there's oh, yeah, there's definitely a novelty song. I would expect nothing less from you. <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, a novelty song. Not talking about girls and boys next. I think that is on a future comp one of these compilations. But yeah, getting Phil Daniels cultural misappropriation yeah. again. Yeah. The well, we are the working classes. You know, I get up on when I want, except on Wednesdays when I get rudely awakened by the dust man. <laughs> I hate that kind of cockney bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it was the British single, won the best British single and video at the 95 Brits. Um, Goddamn somehow. It was a top 10 hit for Blur. Uh, January, March. Sorry, no, September 94 this was released. So it was basically, you know, nearly 12 months before. No, six months, sorry, before this album was released. So it's still pretty new. But yeah, I, I like it. It's a boppy enough along song. It's a bit of a all the crowds together. We're all getting involved. We're all flinging our arms aside. Oh, the people, that kind of thing. They're just the stuff you hate. Well, you say about the cockneys. It's kind of it's kind of matter from heaven for gobshites like us, isn't it? Whenever you've got a whenever you've got a Londoner who you know will work with who's on a bit of a rant if you want to get a cheap pop of your own from the people around you as soon as they stop to take a breath you pop up and go park life <laughs> gives me enormous sense of well-being <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy for the rest of the day <laughs> everyone's a comedian yes yeah definitely yeah this is as I say, I can't give it anything more than that. That is what it is. And I found out, I, I wasn't aware of this, that Diamond was such a heroin user back in really? the day as well. Yeah. All him and, him and Justine. They were like, you oh, okay. know, big, big on the horse. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of lighter songs which are basically just written about Diamond's heroin use and love or not love kind of oh, thing. Oh, that, that's, that's passed me by. You wouldn't, uh, you, you wouldn't think it is. No. That? It's kind of the um, coming out of that, the other side. Is that maybe what you can attribute to his uh, prolific output? Maybe. I don't know. But there's definitely one thing you can attribute. Um, while doing the research for this, I stumbled across a story on, I don't know if it was the Mirror or the Sun's website, one of them. And it was basically, oh, the stars of the Britpop era, what they look like then and now. And I tell you what, a lot of them looked... As good, if not better. Okay. Uh, but Diamond definitely is wearing his age a lot. Okay. The other one who looked completely different is um, Tom York because he had him with, oh, his, yeah. with his sticky up hair 
from like early stuff, and then now with the big, with he's the a beard, hobo, isn't yeah, he? Now? Yeah, yeah. I was completely surprised that he looked like that. Now, um, sadly, missing Radiohead. This art, this uh, there's no Radiohead on this on this mm. um, volume. Yeah, they kind of fell into uh, mm. into this uh, arena, didn't they? You would have thought they would have put Creep on the second half of this. You'd think so. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Ninety three, maybe Creep. Considering yeah. some of the stuff that's that predates that yeah. that's on here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, yeah, so Blur, so going on, uh, there's Blur stuff, we'll hit it on this, and we are going to burn through a lot of shit on this album. I like a lot of the Blur stuff around the Beetlebum, Tender. Uh, Tender, could it? is that 13? Yeah, album? even though that album's shit. I, actually, I thought I like that song, which I do. I do actually like the song. It's a bit of a plodding one, but everything after it is really shit on that album. What was song two on? I want to say was, it was on the same album. Was it on that album? Maybe it was. Because that was like a bit of a US hit. Uh, That's, they still play that in like sports arenas in America, don't they now? And it's an easy just like, throw away. I don't know, for touchdown celebration music or don't what you have hate, you. Don't you hate celebration music for goals? Oh, have we said this before? I noticed that in the um, in the champ- not the Champions League, what was the tournament just? The Euros. Euros, yeah. yeah. When England scored, yeah, goal. Uh, when Italy scored, it was like... Duh, 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 yeah, they've all got their own... you straight oh, away. Yeah. <laughs> they've all got their own celebration music, haven't they? Now? Fucking Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> I see a bit of it at club level as well. It's, it's, it's grim. Okay. Right, so we go on from Blur Park Life, we've got enough to say about that, to probably one of the feel-good anthems of all times. This moment when the... When the um, when the feedback kicks in after the initial riff. Now. You gotta love it. Well, well done Owen Morris for this production. Sung on this compilation by an absolute country mile. <laughs> no, I don't like the sheer. Oh man, it's fantastic. You, I tell you what, like, um, I mean, this means nothing, but that Blair Park Life song, it spent eight weeks on the charts. Yeah, this song has spent a record breaking 79 weeks on the chart, not for the amount of weeks that it was on, but the amount of times that it has re entered. The top 75. It has gone out and re-entered the top 75 ten times, and it broke Frank Sinatra's My Way record in doing so. Interesting tidbit. Obviously, you got the the T-Rex get it on. Yep, thing, which is what I said at the start. Which in itself is a takeoff of Chuck Berry's Little Queenie. Yeah, um, it's basically a 12-bar blues rock song. Well, they got a lot of. Uh... 
A lot of spotlight for being derivative in certain aspects. Yes. Have you seen the Danny Boyle film yesterday about when everybody forgets about the Beatles except this one guy? No. You haven't seen it's, it. not, it's, it's, it's not. It's a kind of British film. A high yeah. British film. Yeah. It's it's not good, but the the best gag, and this is fantastic. Yeah. Because, um, this guy remembers the Beatles. He's had an accident. He remembers the Beatles. Is it only the Beatles I forget? There's a few other things like Coca-Cola. Everyone's for- forgotten about that. There's only Pepsi. Harry Potter at the I'd, end. I'd agree with the only yeah. Pepsi over Coca-Cola. Yeah, there's, there's a gag at the and, end. And, and, and it'd be welcome for everyone to forget about Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I can live with it. Yes, you've said that before. We, we've talked about that before. <laughs> we? But uh, the, the, the best gag in the film is where he goes and Googles Oasis... And he okay. finds the Wikipedia... No, sorry, I beg your pardon. He Googles Beatles. Because he's like, come on. The Beatles yeah, 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 And it comes up with the insect, the Beatles. And he's like, the next thing he Googles is Oasis. Okay. And it's got like, got the um, the barren part of the desert as a Wikipedia en- entrance entry. Because so if there was no yeah. Beatles, there was no... Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he Googles the Stones, and then the Wikipedia page for the Rolling Stones <laughs> comes up with Keith and <laughs> Charlie and um, Mick. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I thought, I thought that was a good gag. That yeah. They get that in there, the next thing he Googles is Oasis, and they're yeah. not there either. That's actually, yeah, that's all right, that is. Yeah, that's, that's the highlight of the film. <laughs> you can't knock this song, man. You, I've, I'm going to play this, actually. This isn't on the playlist that I've got for this, but um, I've got this for the, um, for the Oasis, because the episode, the episode I was meant to be doing was about Definitely Maybe. But, hang on. If I can find it, it's a cover of this song. Who, if you could think of an artist who would cover cigarettes and alcohol, I know Rod Stewart did it. Yeah. Is it Rod? <laughs> yes. It's Rod. Yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember seeing Rod do it. I didn't see Rod myself. I hated that. <laughs> Bring I'm back not named Leo. after Rod, by the way. <laughs> Same spelling. I've I've had it asked a few times. Oh, really? Right, Oasis. I'm going to keep a lot of it for the Oasis episode. Cigarettes and alcohol. Um, it was released. It was a top ten single. Got to number seven in October 1994. That's an all-time classic for me. If you're asking me where I stand on the dichotomy, I would lean towards Oasis on on the basis that they've got more tunes. Than Blur? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. definitely have got yeah. more tunes than Master Blur, Plan, yeah. Slide Away, tunes like that. Yeah, you yeah, know. definitely. Are you a fan of cigarettes and alcohol? It's fine. Mm. Do you appreciate it as being a lads together? Yeah! I appreciate it as being <laughs> that, and that's why I'm not a massive fan. <laughs> oh, man. But um, what's the what's the song? Homesick, some drunk alien on instead. Yeah, absolutely. Something to something to look at your feet and sway your shoulders <laughs> like the goth kids in South Park. Yeah. From that, we have a bit of a a bit of a line change. I feel in in the next song. Oh, no, actually, because it was only released in '93. I thought this was a lot earlier than this. <laughs> Can you smell a football football highlights package? Oh, yeah. 
voiceover from Tony Gubber. <laughs> Because for me, at this time, they were in like that, that category of bands who are slightly just missed, as I say, like Stone Roses, who I, who I did subsequently get into, but with like you 2 as well, really, and the bands who were like just a little bit before I was like into music, you know what I mean? Well, I think at, around this time... I, I and maybe you were the same. We didn't really pay New Order any attention because no. I think it's an indicator of how fast popular culture changed, as opposed to now. Is they already felt like a bit of a relic? Yeah, they did. I mean, were they at this point or what? When did New Order start? Because obviously they came from uh, uh, post Joy Division. Post Joy Division, yeah. When did Curtis? What's his name? Curtis. Ian Curtis. Ian Curtis I see. Yeah. Um, was, did he see any of the eighties? It was early eighties. Oh, was it um, that early, was it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it was early okay. 80s. I, I, I always preferred Joy Division out of the two. That kind of maybe harks back to... Uh, <laughs> That's well, the radio, isn't you? Well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that is exactly Have you that. never heard the um, Killers cover of Shadowfly by Joy Division? No. Very good. Okay. Honestly, yeah, it's very um, uh, faithful to the original, actually. Okay. Yeah, but just with a bit of an updated guitar oh, sound. You yeah. know that guitar that you wanted in Hot Fuss? Yes. It's there oh, okay. in that. It's, yeah. actually, it's actually there in that cover. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nine Inch Nails do a good cover of uh, Dead Souls. Okay, by, yeah. Uh, by Joy Division. Yeah. So, New Order. Always felt a little bit middle of the road. I think the bass drives this song. That's the best part of it. And I've always liked Hooky. They were all, always a bit more electronica as well, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for my tastes at the time. Definitely. I, I like this song a lot more now than I did then. Probably I'd, I'd give them more time, same mm. as well, mm. now, than, now than I did then. Um, again, I suppose you you create dichotomies w- within your own mind, and I'm, I'm kind of too old to change. So, yeah, it's I, I'm, I've always been of the unconscious thought that I'd never lean heavily into New Order because Joy Division are there. Yeah. Would would this be New Order's biggest... Obviously, aside from the obvious. World in motion. <laughs> I wouldn't have Blue Monday. A Blue Monday, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the um, you know, Cockney Dave told me that was... Um, hello, Dave, if you're listening. Um, Hi, Dave. T- told me that was the uh, the biggest selling um, 12-inch single of all time, was Blue Monday. Right. I've got to address something right here, right now. Fuck vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no arguments here. Fuck vinyl. Indie boy uh, posturing. Like, I went into... Tesco recently, yeah, and there's twelve inches albums, LPs. Yeah, there's no need for vinyl in 2021. None whatsoever. Um, Who's got shelves in 2021 to put well, stuff like that on? It isn't even about shelves. Who's got a record player, man? Mm. Who? 
these people have got way too much time on their hands to go into their house, put a record <laughs> on a record player, and like let it play and listen to it and sit down yeah, and listen yeah. to it. Yeah, you can't sync your Bluetooth <laughs> on the way in on the drive, can you? I, I used to buy seven inches when I was first got into yeah. music. You know what I mean? Like buying singles. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I've ever bought an album on a record. I, actually, I haven't. I've never okay. bought an album on a record. Yeah. Never, 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 never. Yeah. Not even for. Oh, special edition thing. Have you seen that Metallica Black Album? No. Reissue that they've just reissued done. on vinyl. Yeah, it's like lots of vinyls and lots oh, okay. of stuff. It's like a package, you know, like a Metallica lover package. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They love, it, they love to build that money. cash cow, don't I mean, if you're a fan, then yeah, I can see yeah. the attraction for it. Haven't uh, the Mars Volta recently released their entire back catalogue, but at, at about six times the uh, the density of material that they had, all all exclusively on vinyl. I'm exclusively sure on vinyl. I'm sure I read something about that. That is Radiohead levels of pretentiousness. It really is, isn't it? I could be wrong about that. <laughs> Come on. I, I threw, um, on the Christmas episode, I threw the white behind Liam's Christmas song that he put out. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think about that because we had radios on at work at the top and all I've got in my head is all, that absolutely all. heap of shit that Barlow put out last Christmas. Oh, fucking Barlow. But I can definitely remember, see, I follow Liam on some socials and he was definitely going, yeah, fucking number one in the vinyl chart. <laughs> kind of thing. I forgot. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't get on board with yeah. it. You, how was the cognitive dissonance there? Was it oh, uh, tearing you apart? I'd, yeah, um, it's, it's a bit of a... You know, it's a bit of a thing, that is, isn't it? And a lot of people who listen to this will be well in on their vinyl. Oh, they'll, and, be, and they'll it, be throwing it's, stuff at them. Oh, it's uh, absolute sacrilege to be saying such a thing, yeah. but fuck your vinyl. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know, man. I've got some in the attic that'll be going on eBay at some point. Yeah, well, your best so bet is... Hopefully I can cash in on the revolution. <laughs> yes. We're yes. losing listeners. By we're the li- li- yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll move on to the next track before I say something I shouldn't. <laughs> Probably gone that far already. album no need to argue a protest song about the troubles in ireland um given the best song accolade at the 95 mtv european awards it was also banned in 2003 amongst the iraq conflict by the itc it was put on the blacklist and censored song list we have the cranberries zombie you know where i'm coming from so you were talking the second song there is the best on the album. It's 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 overplayed, maybe a bit of a cliche now, but that's not really their fault. Um on its own merits. No, it's not their song yeah. not their fault of us. It's not a band's fault yeah. for a, a song to be overplayed, of course not. It's in the discussion for best song of the album for me. Love this one. <sighs> I think Linger's like fifty times better. Linger's a legit. Linger, Linger is 
is that the alcohol's sitting in there. <laughs> I only heard Linger like yesterday on my long drive up from the south, and that's honestly that's a that's a talking, moment. Talking about covers, um, have you seen recently Miley Cyrus did a cover of this? I've got Miley Cyrus ready to play for it. Here we go. It's on Apple Music. It's Miley Cyrus live from the Neva. The Neva Save Stages Festival. I do think on the Cranberries version, the Irishness is upped by Dolores, isn't it? Yeah, she lays it. Same session, a really good cover of Heart, Heart of Glass by Blondie. Really? Yeah. Rips That's a bit that. of a tune as well. It, it is. Yeah. It's a proper bop. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you like a cover um, and you're going to fall down a YouTube rabbit hole, yeah. there's a um, radio station in Australia called Triple J, mm-hmm. and they do a feature called Like a Version. You familiar oh, with that? Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm f- familiar with Triple J, yeah. Yeah, they do, they do Like a Version. There's, uh, there's some really cracking and out there covers on that. Um, okay. One that I absolutely love. We talked about on the previous episode my love for Electric Six, and yes. they do uh, they do like crowdfunded cover albums and the like. And one I always wanted them to do, but a band called Lime Cordial knockout a version of um, I Touch Myself by Divinals. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's absolutely banging. That's another song that was banned by the BBC for a long time. I imagine it would be, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I can remember when uh, when Chris Moyles was finishing up his breakfast show hosting thing yeah. on their last show. I believe that was Comedy Dave's choice because he didn't yeah. do what were they going to do they they, on the they last show. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was his choice as the as the song. Brilliant. And a guy called uh, Denzel Curry does a version, very faithful version, but mm-hmm. really incendiary of uh, Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Okay. That is, that's worth a look up. What was the thing called? Like a version? Like a version. Okay. Yeah. I'll have a look at that. Yeah. This. What do you think of Miley? I don't know. I quite like Miley. She's all right. I... I call my daughter Mini Miley because she... Because um, she loves to piss in the street. Well, we're kind of past that now. She's three. But um, she'll really put on a gruff voice and a deep voice sometimes. And like, oh, okay, calm down, Millie Mo- Mini Miley. Mini Miley, yeah. yeah. Like the um, prevalence of accents in, uh, in um, the vocal delivery. It isn't. I don't like the prevalence of accents because I think on Linger, I think it's. Yeah. Oh man, that's a, a, a top echelon song okay. for me. That is. I think yeah. that's really, really good. Yeah. I, I imagine we will encounter that song on the Shine album. Yeah, I'd say that's a safe bet. Yeah, definitely. I think 
we had zombie before on it was definitely one of the episodes with little soy nice um and he was saying about oh the amount of cover versions that he'd heard of it yeah i haven't i hadn't heard the cover version until that mileage but yeah i can imagine it's a pretty easy song to Go about covering, isn't it, really? Yeah, it, it, it's fairly straightforward. Absolute it? incessant play on MTV at the time. Yeah, oh, yes. Like, oh, my God, that song was all over it. And I think due to the Cranberries being massive in America, it would have been all the, all over there as well. Yeah. Do you think they were bigger over there than they were here? Possibly. I mean, there's a big Irish contingent, mm. sort of mm. uh, Boston in America, mm. isn't there? It's uh, in the UFC, um, Chan Sung Young, the Korean zombie, uses mm-hmm. it as his walkout theme. Oh, does I? Yeah. <laughs> Are you still up on UFC? Not at all. No, mate, no, to no. Be honest. I mean... Um, Did you see I've... Idiot lost last weekend or the weekend Well, before? this is it. I caught that literally two nights ago. I knew it was happening. I didn't know I it had happened. Tired. I can't be having that guy. Uh, yeah, come and kick not... my fucking face right off the other end of my head, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> not right at the moment, he wouldn't. I'd sweep the leg and he'd be down. <laughs> well, his, his ankle went at the end of that first round. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, yeah, I'm, as you know, I'm a bit of a completist and there's just too much going yes. on there. So I'm, I'm of the all or nothing persuasion, so I can't quite manage the all, so it's, it's nothing. My old neighbours, um, when. McGregor fought Mayweather. Yeah, they had a bit of a bit of a shindig okay. uh, next door, and oh, well, we went to bed because uh, it was on really late, weren't it? Or really early in the morning. Start four, wouldn't it? Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. But I had a, I had a bit of a stake on Skybet on it, uh, and I can remember waking up in the morning, going out to my car, and they were letting a few people out, and I was like, "Oh, how did it end up?" And he was like, "Oh, he lost," and I was like, "Mayweather lost." <laughs> they were like, no, McGregor lost. I was like, oh, well, yeah, fucking hell, of course he did. Yeah. Well, uh, as a UFC man, I was being asked by um, by people, um, oh, what's your take on it? I said, well, in what f- format, in what context are they fighting? Oh, well, it's a boxing match, isn't it? Well, here's the question. Who wins the New Zealand All Blacks or the New England Patriots? Yeah. Exactly. Answer, what are they playing? Yeah, yeah, completely right. Right, next next track. Here we go. We were talking about Suede earlier. This was their third single. Dorchester in Wolverhampton. Okay. Yeah. Good lord. Before my time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see what you mean about his vocals, though. I can see how that would be yeah. a turn off for a lot of people. Yeah, turn off for me definitely. Detracts for some uh, some good guitar work from Bernard underneath. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. He went out on his own, didn't he? After he left, it was still still in the nineties. Yeah. He, uh, when yeah. He the fold, wasn't it? It's. The, the instrumentation's not as in your face and as as much as some of the other bands that get lumped into the same category, your mm-hmm. Oasis, your Blurs, 
Ethan De Pulps and um, yeah, I, I like that element of it. It's just the film. Mm, yeah, it's quite a, it's, it's, it's a pleasant enough song. And ITV wouldn't ever play the video on the chart show, I'm guessing, at the time. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of things. Two men kissing. Um, the guy with the pig's head for a head okay. kind of thing. They were, you know, obviously giving that a, a wide berth. But I think Swade and, and Brett Anderson in himself, he was very androgynous. Yeah, you think that yeah, was kind of I his suppose. thing? That was kind of his vibe? Yeah, yeah. He kind of blew the lines where, a little bit. That's what I mean. That's where that kind of 70s kind of thing creeps in a bit, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. There's no one would bat an eyelid in the, uh, no, in the censorship not, departments these days, no, would they? It's nothing would... No, that would be no problem whatsoever. Mm. No, and, you know, for them kind of things, neither should there be really. No, like, no, uh, crack, crack on. Um, yeah, so Swade, I mean, we've discussed Swade a bit earlier. No, right, now, the, the next song is the only one that I'd consider as um, a bit of a contender to Oasis' Cigarettes and Alcohol being the best song on the album. Okay, we'll dig into that in a minute. The song's only two minutes and 21 seconds. Another trigger, Happy TV. Oh yes. One. Well, this was the title music, wasn't it? Well, that's the thing. The uh, the hook was an earworm back in the day. It is an earworm. Absolutely. It's a proper riff. I like it. And I think the lyric on the chorus is cool. Well, we'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the lyric on the chorus is a bit clunky, and I think that's what you heard on things like Trigger Happy TV. Yes. So for that reason, we talked a bit about Zombie being overexposed, and it's not their fault, it's overused. Mm-hmm. I think we've got a similar thing here where I kind of dismissed it on that basis, but really, okay. I was giving it a proper listen. And I'll tell you what I really do like, yeah. um, because sort of around this time, maybe a little earlier, I, I was very big into the post-punk of the early 70s and late 80s. Yeah. And I think Justine's vocal on the chorus is very kind of Lenny Lovitch, Patti Smith influenced. And I like that. Think like a British L7. Vibe. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. And um, sort of montages and snippets, because as we said, Britpop was everywhere, mm-hmm. kind of uh, gives you a certain impression um, on a band and... Elastica are one of a few here on the basis of this that I think might be better than I gave them credit for. So I'll be willing to do like a bit of a deep dive, uh, okay. kind yeah. of on the basis of listening to this. Yeah. And uh, we, you mentioned briefly on the on the last episode we did, uh, you meant Babe Moore or something like that. <laughs> but uh, and I've just mentioned I was watching some of these on YouTube, so I pulled the video up. I don't know who she is, but the guitar is quite cute. Oh, the guitarist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 We can do a bit of a we can do a bit of a look on that at half time. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. In, interested to know more there. <laughs> One thing that they they had they were um, accused accused of much like Oasis for the thing plagiarised songs. Um, Three Girl Rumba by the band Wire. Here we go. Oh, now why are we talking post punk? So that ties in nicely. Oh yeah, I'm hearing that definitely. You're hearing it. Some of the ones we've done with these have been a bit of a stretch, but yeah, I'm getting that. So yeah, we didn't pre-plan that either with the uh, with the post-punk. No, 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 no. 
I didn't realise that you were a fan of that kind of thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. and, and definitely around That's this time. That's a proper black hole on my musical knowledge. Oh. Not really, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, once you kind of fall into it, we talked a bit about uh, about books and reading resources, but there's a crack in, I can't remember the title of it, it's by, by a guy called Simon Reynolds. Oh, it's called Rip It Up. Yeah. And it's a proper sort of timeline on coming out of punk into new wave at the end of 70s, early 80s, and that's a, that's a cracking read. Okay. It, and it opens, uh, opens a lot of doors, particularly in sort of like the New York post-punk scene. And uh, was it on the last episode we talked about Sonic Youth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. C- kind of, uh, kind of a, a lot of the influences on, the, on their early progressive sound and a lot of crossover there. Opens I mean, a lot yeah, of what, was, what was Sonic Youth? Where do they fit in? They're, um, would you call them experimental? Mm, I don't know, yes, yeah, I suppose, but I don't know. Forerunner to grunge? Yeah, that's what I would... They're kind of post-punk, pre-grunge. Well, they're on sub-pop. Oh, that's a question. I'm going to say no. I don't think no. they were on sub-pop. Okay. No, 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 they weren't. Yeah, Sonic Youth, I think you always hear them mentioned as the the early germs of bands like that, yeah. don't you? yeah. yeah. Um, more like your Nirvana side of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I, I But Wire, I'd never heard of the band Wire. Okay. Never. Mm. I'd never heard of the band Wire at all. But I had heard of the next band. One thing, Paul Pad. They had an absolute gift or Jarvis or whoever was writing it. They had a gift for a chorus, man. Definitely. Like the lyrics are. I, I get the feeling that a lot of the lyrics of a lot of their songs are basically about the same kind of things. Yeah. Yeah? Hang on, let's just have a bit of this chorus. There's a swayed influence there, isn't there? There's, there's some You can hear the swayed, can't you? Yeah. I think Punk were possibly the nearest to swayed. Yeah? I suppose if you swap Jarvis the... for Brett, I'd listen to swayed a bit more. Definitely. <laughs> but I mean, we talked about like the quintessential Britishness that drove the... Um, Pulper, co- like kind of the ethos. British, yes. Ab- absolutely. Well, they've, they're kind of a more esoteric take on that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. that British outlook and I think that's why I put them on the pedestal above uh, Oasis and Blur because you've kind of got that cynical onlooker on the periphery kind of taking the piss a little bit in a dry way 
oh, take yeah. on, on Britishness. firmly planted in cheek, kind yeah. of, um, what's the word? Like, looking, as you say, looking on yeah. Uh, stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what works for me more than the... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. More the than looker, the, slightly on the outside yeah. looking yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. And... As I say, this song has got to be about, you know, losing and in his V-card well, kind of thing. Well, you yeah. say about the chorus and it's like, who's that not going to resonate with? Yeah, I would, chorus. yeah, especially this time, you know, new generation of people. I think the video had people like um, like Joe Brand, John Peel and Justine um, Frischman, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, like giving their accounts of the, their, their first time kind of thing. Okay. He, wasn't, he wasn't played a, a lot. Uh, enemy, sorry, I keep on kicking the mic. Enemy voters voted it the fourth best pop, pulp song okay. ever. Um, now we're pulp have, have got some tunes. They have had different class been released by this point because I thought this was a strange this, choice. To this put was on off his and hers. It is off his and hers, and that's kind of what I was going to say because um, this was well over a year old at the time. Yeah, it's kind of an indication of what a zeitgeist Britpop really was. That different classes held up as kind of the gold standard because I think it falls in the middle of two superior albums in his okay. and hers and this is hardcore each are top to bottom better albums this is hardcore is a weird one yeah it's a good one. Oh, it's a good one yeah but it's a weird one because it's proper um a real dark turn on the earlier album oh, commentaries. Yeah. It's 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 massively sinister. In, yeah. a, in an understated yeah, way. Yeah, 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 really. Like as we said about what Paul Paul Parr. Yeah. This is hardcore is a very uh, a dark view of that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um uh, but a pulp are another band where at the time, oh, I like Disco Two Thousand. Yeah. Um I can definitely remember at one point on a band card, do you remember when Radio One used to have them great countdowns of like the best songs voted for by the listeners. And I can definitely remember one bank holiday common people like being all the number one. But looking back now, I appreciate and like a lot more of Pulp stuff than I did then. Yeah, definitely. And I think that kind of comes with taking on that esoteric view that you, you really didn't have a frame of reference for mm-hmm. in your teens. And I'll kind of hold up different classes as an example. I revisited it some years ago after several years probably about 10 12 years of not hearing it but you kind of had your uh, your idea of that album entrenched so to speak and sort of back in my teens there's a track on there called i spy and i was like that was skip material for me complete skip material and playing it through again i I distinctly remember i was driving through bilston as that song was playing and um through do you know the lunt in bilston I do. I was yes. driving. I yeah. was driving through yeah. the Lunt. I was ready to take a left turn um, to head towards Wensfield, and um, that track I Spy was playing. Probably first time I'd heard it in about ten, twelve years. I'm like, this is the best track on this album. <laughs> I love this track now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, yeah. this knocks spots off everything else on here. <laughs> it's, it's nowhere near as obvious as the rest. Yeah, nuance does, does creep up a little on bit. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I, I, I still do think though that. For the vast majority, Jarvis's legacy will be the whole wiggling his arse at Jacko arse thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so seven tracks in, the majority of them I'm quite happy with. Yeah, yeah. I've got two that stand out. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's acceptable for what we're trying to accomplish here. It's 
an acceptable cross section. Yeah. It's a window into sort of the cultural land lay of the land at the time, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it, it does a job of reflecting that, warts and all. Okay, so the next three, I think, are a bit of outliers. Now, the next song is by Dodgy, who people would remember for Good Enough. Well, which, this which is, is the w- first thing I've got about this. Not a one-hit wonder, who knew? Well, aren't they? Aren't they? Because I don't think this is a very good song at all. This is um, So Let Me Go Far by Dodgy. It was only ever reached number 30 on the charts, which, you know, is, is much of nothing. It's off the album Homegrown. I'm not feeling this one, but we'll, we'll listen to it for a sec. So in the morning I awoke I turned my eyes towards the road I swallowed hard and smelled the air Five or six drinks in, it is actually a little bit better than I thought it was when I was listening before. I like the disconnected hazy verse. It takes a handbrake turn into the chorus to really beef oh, up does. the guitars. And I don't like that. Like it belongs. There's no real hooks, nothing really memorable. Um, if this is any indication compared to Good Enough, which is the one everyone fucking hate that song. Well, I would say if this is any indication of their body of work, the, the big hit's not represent, re- representative of what they're about, mm-hmm. and a band who's really, really about, I'd say, really resemble that remark is uh, the Boo Radleys. Oh, I think they've got a lot in common with the Boo Radleys. Yeah. I think it's like the vocal harmonies, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Boo Radleys, Boo Radleys again, massive, one <laughs> massively known for Wake Up Boo. Yeah. But if you listen to their first two albums, they've got a lot more in common with the likes of Slow Dive or Ride than... Okay, yeah, yeah. Lot, I'm okay with Ride, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, um, they're definitely not a band based on their early work that you'd put into... Uh, into this uh, arena, so to speak. Okay. I, 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 good enough, and what's the other one? In a room. Not familiar with that In one. a room, many places. I don't know. I, I think there's definitely like a kind of, like 70s mamas and papas harmony kind definitely. of thing going yeah. on. Yeah, I think um, there's, there's... That is I, the 70s, I, isn't it? Yeah, I, I kind of got... Kate Ashbury, Jefferson Airplane on mm. the uh, on the verses. That kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it takes that turn into the chorus and I'm like, right, I'm not feeling this. And it breaks back down into the good bit. Alright, we'll um, we'll break at that. Um, enjoy a bit of dodge. They're not a one it wonder after all, so it seems. come from the shower and they are weird af they should make edible soap that you can eat in the shower in case you get hungry (laughs) 
Hey, do us a favour. If you're a fan of the show and you're enjoying listening to it, leave us a review, get in touch, let us know that you like it. Let's get back to it. Somebody asked me one time, they said, do you not like like music? Because <laughs> the, <songs that, laughs> the songs that you come back with are completely different to the stuff that you're playing. And I said, well, that's kind of the idea, because I try and pick something that's completely different to what you're listening to. I think you succeed on that. Yeah. Like, I think, um, like if Gaz is doing a Metallica episode, I'll come back with a bit of... I don't know. Bit of Cardi, B. Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> it just breaks it up a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> it's got to be done sometimes. Yeah, we're looking at the. Uh... Oh, hang on. Yeah, we're looking at the Shine compilation from 1995. 20 brilliant indie hits. We was hoping to make it halfway through there, but our um, our old man bladders got the best of us. Oh, we're reinvigorated and reassimilated now, aren't we? I think the last it's time... It's late in the day. <laughs> it's, oh, it is. Man, it's well into bedtime now. Uh, I think the last track was by Dodgy, wasn't it, then? So the next track is a band that I was okay with for a couple of their bigger hits. Everybody knows Chasing Rainbows. Everybody knows Disco Down. trying to think of a Britpop band or the, and I don't mean this to cast dispersions upon Shed Sever, but the most I don't mean the most generic but if you had to put all the bits of a Britpop band into a band I think this is what you'd probably come it's, out with It's like an AI, AI's output of Yeah, 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 yeah. The catalogue of the rest They're of They're still Britpop. going though, aren't they? Well, yes, and I, I, the reason I know this, and I'm going to do I'm going to do a tenuous link here okay. because this is a uh, this is my Rick Moranis from Spaceballs bit. You ever seen? You ever seen Spaceballs? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah Rick yeah. Moranis is dark helmet, so he's Darth Vader. And before mm-hmm. he fights yes, 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 Bill yes, Pullman, yes. he says, "There's something you should know." And he says, "I am your sister's father's uncle's <laughs> best friend's former roommate." And like, what does that make us? Absolutely nothing. Well, um, the reason I kind of uh, am moderately abreast of Shed Seven developments is because. One of my sister-in-law's uni friends, who uh, I talk to a bit when she rocks up mm-hmm. whenever there's a wedding or a 
birthday and someone has a barbecue. She comes down from the north for that. Um, she's married to the Shed 7 drummer's brother. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. there's, there's my dark helmet. Really tenuous connection <laughs> moment. But yeah, there is there are a faded Xerox of the Oasis end of the spectrum, aren't they? Even I always thought, you know, like the... the can you say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the band icon. It's oh, like, yeah. It looks like yeah. Oasis, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, the, yeah. The, the, With yeah. the box around the, uh, yeah. Yeah. the single word in lowercase. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had some. They had some hits like Shed Seven. Definitely, yeah, they, they had some stuff. Were they riding the coattails of the popularity of I, the? It's something. I kind of looked at a. Um, there was like a diagram of a, a Britpop timeline. Yeah, and it had where bands came in and stuff. But I can't remember where Shed Seven were on it. Yeah, I mean, on on this track, other than the refrain. Mm. There's nothing memorable. There's no hooks. No, it's nowhere near like their better stuff. I would say. No, no. Uh, when the vocalist holds a note at the end of a verse Ooh. or a stanza, it's annoying. Very flat. I'm, yeah, <laughs> this this wasn't good. It's not the best Shed Seven stuff. I don't think it's necessarily representative of what they could do, shall we say? But uh, I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> For them, I hope you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, so we come to the last track on the first CD of the album, or the first side of the album, if you're a pretentious vinyl motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is an outlier. That's it doesn't fit how in. out of place. Although, I could kind of make a tenuous link, okay, but I'll, it's an anecdote. We'll play it and we'll see. Not much of Not a Green Day fan, in no way, shape, or form. Like they're another band who I don't get it. Yeah. Okay, this was a good album. <laughs> it's off Duke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So well, I, it was on Kaplunk as well, the, which was the, uh, yes, the forerunner, and they re-recorded it. Yes. What's the crack there? Is it a different version? It's. It's similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it was on it's, Dookie. It's more polished on Dookie. It was on Dookie, and it was the third track on Kaplunk, yeah. Um, that don't happen now. Well, I, can't well, even, I can't even think of... There's a track coming on later that I wasn't aware until recently was a re-recording. Mm. So, well... Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Green Day, major outlier on this. There's another track on the second al- on the second side as well, which... Yeah. Yes, yeah, I know exactly the one. Another US band, basically. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. that's it. There's two yeah. American bands on this, and I think the whole thing about this is it's essentially British. Um, they feel like an outlier. I did know a guy who was very, at the time, Urban Hymns. He owned that. I mean, he, he owned a Finley Quay album. You know, this was kind of mm. where his palette was. It mm. was but bought Dookie, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was all very, oh, Green Day for a bit off the strength of Basket Case, which I think was a hit single. Massive all over uh, MTV again. Yeah, and you know, you had, it's kind of in that in that subgroup where they were like, they talk about Green Day and, and, and oh, and do you have the time? And do you have the time? And you're like, yeah. it's called Basket Case, you know, 
Oh, but I'll call it Do You Have the Time? Yeah. Okay, well, you must be right then. He owned it. So I'll see how it kind of gained a bit of traction with that crowd that might yeah. have bought this compilation. Now, if this was like me and Little Side, Teenage Dirtbags, yeah. this would have fitted in with that. Oh, perfectly. Even if you would have had, like, maybe if this was more grungy, because surely this was, like, the immediacy mm. of after... It's 93, Dookie, yeah? 93, 94? Seems early. Um, I'd say... Ni- October 94, it was yeah, released Yeah, I was going to say 94 yeah. at the earliest. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But it doesn't fit in with this. It doesn't feel like a natural fit. I kind of get that connection, but that's sort of like a one-off... I personally saw some crossover, but on mass, it yeah. it does feel like uh, it does feel massively out of place. And Not so much as the other American band on this album. I don't get that inclusion on here at all. Can't really pick between the two, but we'll get to that. Last thing about Green Day, what do you think? Green Day overall? Uh, they kind of disappeared. Got their own horses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For, for want of a better phrase, around this time and the subsequent album, I was on board. Mm. They've kind of went a bit cartoony around warning um and what was the album after that there was i'm sure there was an album in between uh, you know there's uh, people out there who really hold Nimrod. american idiot up as like this kind of oh this is a massive like really important yeah album. it's canon yeah. i don't want to talk about it yeah. right let's I, go on to the i was off the train a long time before that uh Came around. Oh man, right. We, we open side two. With a classic intro. on this album the full nearly seven minute version I'm guessing no, it wasn't no this is, this is there's actually not a lot to this is recorded like a verse chorus same verse bridge well the song itself that, though is only like one verse one chorus one bridge but it's yeah. just on a loop yeah yeah sort of yeah and the it kind of lives off that um, iconic Reverbing chord, doesn't it? Right. Was this originally their bit? Because there's the, you know, the hippie chick song. Hip, hip, hippie chick. No. no? Not familiar with this. I'll try and find it. Um, but yeah, this was off Meet His Murder. Yes? I was always under the impression this was a B-side and it wasn't on an album. Right. I, well, I've Unless got Unless it's been put on, tacked onto a re-release somewhere. Okay. I've got it off Me Is Murder and it was off Hatful of Hollow, which was a compilation. Hatful of Hollow was a compilation. Yeah. Um, Morrissey called the record sleeve, in true Morrissey fashion, abhorrent and called the video degrading that they put together. Now, I'm not the biggest Smiths fan. Yeah, okay. but I do actually think they've got some good songs. They do. Some really good songs. Yeah, like, I didn't realise as good as some of their stuff was. 
But I find them really interesting. Oh, massively fascinating. Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's a band that I could read loads about, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't read Morris's autobiography. Oh, I can imagine it's... Yeah, yeah. I can imagine it's very um, skewed, shall we say. But if... Steve, Johnny, yeah, try this. Get back together, lads. You do your best work this. together. Yeah, again, like hippie, hippie chick by Soho. Okay, you'll know it. But I imagine this was after. Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, kind of. What are your views on the Smiths? Are you a fan? I like those two albums. I like The Queen is Dead, Meat is Murder. Morrissey puts me off. It's been a cock, you know. Latter day shenanigans. I mean, sort of, you had another dichotomy around that time, probably not as massively pronounced, but uh, with The Smiths and The Cure. And right. The uh, Cure won, didn't they? You need to listen to this. Uh, me and Neil said about it because it was a podcast we were listening to. It's, they aren't putting out no new episodes at the moment, but it's called Rivals. Yes. Yeah? And it's basically just feuds between yep. different music artists or bands. But they do one on the Smiths and the Cure. Yep. And it's basically just Morrissey and... Um, what's his Robert Smith. Yeah, yeah, Robert Smith. And just the things that they said. Yeah. Really good, though. You should oh, yeah. go away and listen to it, definitely. The Cure one, though, didn't they? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they did. Definitely, 100%. If you had to put the best of the Smith stuff up to the best of the Cure stuff, would you always pick the Cure? Always. Yeah. 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 As much. As I think well. the best. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there completely. I do think the Smiths, though, as I say, I literally at this time would give them very short shrift hmm. when this came out. I wouldn't be. I mean, they weren't even a thing, were they? Again, felt like a relic, maybe. Felt like a massive relic. I mean, when were they. When were they starting? Like 81? That maybe. early was it? Could, yeah. Could have been. Yeah. This is a banger as well. It is. We've talked about uh, on, on the last episode things that are in the discussion for like all time top 10s and top 20s. Ooh. There is a light that never goes out. That's in the discussion. Wow. <laughs> it's really good. I'd like to do a Smith's album. Okay. So I'll tell you yeah. what, this is. Talking about that that versus uh, rivals podcast. Yeah. One thing I've thought about doing for this podcast is basically um, a best of versus. Okay. Of two bands or artists, but Ooh. it has to be a best of album, and okay. you basically play them off against each other. Track one v track one, track two v track yeah. two to and do it like that. Sort of get a score. Not like picking oh this song against this song. Like, yeah. Literally, how they picked the track list. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And I think the Smiths would be good to do that. But, talking of covers and the Smiths, who's this? Chime in. I have heard a version, a cover version of House Series now. I don't think this is the one. Favourite eels? Ah, huh? big favourite eels. Big favourite little size. Fucking loves tattoo. 
<laughs> Shout out to Little Sally. Tattoo, man. Hey, whatever happened to tattoo? Yeah, that, they were gone as quickly as they, they arrived. Did that, did that upset some characters? I would say they probably did somewhere <laughs> along the lines. But they're Russian. They were, weren't they? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Why should I suffer alone? <laughs> that were possibly considered one-it wonders for um, for American listeners they don't just have layered they yeah. do have this song yeah, definitely. yeah. this is the one I was talking about where this is a re-recording of yes the it original. is yeah now the original was out in 89 yeah uh, and this was out in 91 it got to number two yeah on this on the re-release um, you can't hear it so much in this song but if you were ever saying that Brandon Flowers had an idol of, of lyrical vocal delivery style, okay. I really think that the singer from James is how Brandon sings. From the original recording of this song, would you say? You, you get that? Oh, from uh, like all like okay. James' songs, yeah. James's discography. Okay. Yeah. Because um, it's hipster time for me. Oh, okay. hipster time for me. I much, much prefer the... I heard it for the first time recently, and yeah. I much prefer the original recording of this song to this What's one. What's different on it? It's a lot more lo-fi, a lot more stripped back. It really... The whole vibe of the song really portrays the macabre element of the lyrics, whereas the re-recording, which... Which, I, which version would it be? It was just released on Rough Trade. See, it's on the Gold Mother album, but it's a remastered version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've probably something. Yeah. They say it, it feels like a cash in, but this is go back to the word juxtaposition. It's got an anthemic feel to it, but it's actually really, really downbeat. And it is man. I can definitely remember being at um, Oscars nightclub and everyone sat down on the floor. Yeah, much like that. What was the rap? <laughs> oh, no. oops, upside your Yeah, head. yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. It was, it, it was literally in that same barrel. Oh, dear. Man. I wasn't doing it, but yeah. yeah. I think we were robbed of something um, that, uh, going back to football that the Premier League didn't um, become as big a deal as it was earlier because I think we were robbed of a terrorist song for Zinedine Zidane here. Okay. Oh, Zidane, oh, Zidane. <laughs> Hey man, you're rewriting history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know that going back to that Smith song, the original was released in '85. Of how soon, isn't it? Yes, same, seems about right. Yeah, and then yeah. the re-release was '92. Yeah. Seven years later, so yeah. there's obviously albums, albums between that, surely. Yeah. James, because this half of the album is 
it's more older stuff, isn't it? It's really going down a uh, a, a precursor. Coming We've basically gone. It? The first half is all oh, the hits of now. The second album, sorry, the second side is these are basically the bands that have provided the foundation. Yeah, for, these, these are your four runs. Yes, James, what do you think? James, I dig into them on the basis of this. Really, I think th- these are another one where probably to my mind they've been tainted by the popularity of this song it resonates when you dig into it there's a line in there if i hadn't seen such riches i could live with being poor Mm -hmm. and you know that's that that's going to hit with the hit with a lot of people it's a good song that's that that's a real reflective reflective moment i think looking at like absolute noise James are one of the bands who Absolute Noise will play a lot of their back catalogue. Okay. Uh, and the songs, which are very good songs, and I, I don't know, I just always get that killer's link. I really do. When you listen to some of their other stuff. Okay. I'd, I'd be interested to dig into it a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Like you say, this one had laid. That's the extent of my Obviously knowledge. Obviously, they then, in a bit after this kind of time, they came back and had like the She's a Star... Um, they had a, a proper resurgence in the mid to late nineties. Nice. Like a, they, that's a really big album. What you know, she's a star. She's a star. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> they Manchester band. James, yeah, they were, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, next one. Now we we take a bit of a turn here. Fan of um, Neil Tennant. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Boomers. Not a fan of Neil Tennant. Which I mean, that's that's sacrilege. You are. That is sacrilege to some people. Not being a fan of Neil Tennant. Not to be a fan of Neil Tennant. Yeah. They're 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 another one that fit into the massively popular and by people who um, who you know are in. Deeply into music and I've got a refined musical palette, and they'll be all oh, Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. I think my opinion is the Pet Shop Boys, if you actually listen to their stuff, they have actually got some good pop songs. Yeah? But it's never been my bag. I don't really know who was buying their music. <laughs> We're back to Hall and Oates, aren't we? Who is this yeah. for? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, this is um, Bernard Sumner. Who I'm not. New of. Order. Yeah. yeah. Johnny Moore. Yep. And Neil, Neil Tennant. Yep. Doing Gets a Vox. The lyrics are supposed to be a parody of Morrison. Okay. But I can't see it. It, but it yeah. feels like an 80s synth pop relic in the context of... This, this compilation, really. This is a song, yeah, and this was surely later, weren't it? Um, oh, this was 89, mm. yeah. Okay, so, it, it, man, to me, this could just be a New Order song as well. Could be. You know what yeah. I mean? It, yeah. it, it has that same kind of feel, that same kind of vibe. I do actually like the... <laughs> Talking to myself just to yeah, it, 
I would never have said, oh, that's electronic. I would have just gone, oh, it's New Order because it's just before my kind of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same. And I don't think we'd have touched upon it at the time for that reason because no. it already would have felt dated. It feels dated in this context. In- indicative of the pace things moved up. Here we go. Talking to Stourbridge. Local boy. on this song is a killer it is wonder stuff really thought that they'd sold out when they were doing this kind of stuff yeah, yeah I'm not sure I agree with that it's a oh I don't agree but it's a feel good ditty isn't it I mean there's nothing wrong with that really music doesn't have to be inherently challenging to be good and was this the same kind of time that they were doing Dizzy with the Creeds? I said this was a few years before oh was it or, 91 fact, this was out no it probably would have been about the same kind of time yeah yeah Top ten hit for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's hard to separate sometimes tracks with memories. And um, was it, did you used to go to JB's in Dudley? Um, yeah, not loads, but yeah. They'd always play this at midnight. <laughs> I've told you before. Um, I lived in Ridge Road, Kingswinford. Yes. Yep. My next door neighbour was the original um, drummer for the Wonderstuff. Okay. Oh, uh, right. Rob, Rob Jones. Okay. He was the original. He left them just before, um, just before they became well, just before some people would say they sold out, but just before they became massive. Yeah. I cannot express to you the difference in him to his brother. His brother's still alive. His brother still lives next door to my mom now, okay. um, and his brother is man. He's I don't know. He's probably in his seventies now. And he's like a, an old guy. He's never got married. He's a bit like like a Mr. Bean-ish kind of character. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like yeah. that, but an older bloke. Now, Rob was a long-haired, uh, gothic yeah. kind of guy. He he um, he, ma- he actually married a woman called uh, Michelle Robinson, who had changed her name to Jessica Ronson. If, and if anyone's au okay with that, she was Sid Vicious's last ever girlfriend. Okay. So he married her, like Sid, Sid Vicious's last girlfriend, not Nancy. But obviously, obviously before yeah, Nancy. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, he left the Wonder Stuff in 1989, and he's dead now. Oh. Died in died in America, moved to America. I think he went to Japan as well. Um, he died, man, young, like 30s, easy. My old man used to, when his mum was alive, she's only died in the last couple of years, She he used to get Summerhill. Yeah, yeah, and he used to like bunk off all the while, smoking weed or whatever he was doing. And she always used to come around our house and get my old man to get him to to, to come Brilliant. back, kind of thing. Fucking hell! When I was like first into music, when I was buying fucking Madonna and Michael Jackson seven inches. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. I can remember him working on his bike 
outside the house who was used to ride a bike and I can remember going with a piece of paper going, oh, can I have, can I have your autograph, Rob? Yeah, yeah, I know. It was like a little kid kind of thing. Yeah, kind of peering round the back of the old Austin Allegro. (laughs) I had no concept of anything apart from, oh, this guy next door is like a famous guy. Okay. But yeah, he's dead now. I think his ashes were scattered in three different places. Uh, Somewhere in New York, somewhere in Tokyo, and somewhere else. Yeah. But uh, weird, man. Yeah, we've got quite the uh, disproportionate... (laughs) <laughs> famous community around here. I mean, I went to primary school with somebody who lived next door to Lady Henry's mum. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, no way. Yeah, it's weird. And um, <laughs> I never... Um, I always thought that uh, Johnny Briggs living around here was a uh, was an urban myth. Then I ended up behind him at a cash point in Stourbridge. Well, I used to work at B&Q in Stourbridge and Johnny Briggs used to come in. Yeah. Um, what was his name on Coronation Street? Uh, Baldwin. Mike Baldwin. Mike Baldwin. Getting locked for his shed, yeah, yeah, or something like that, yeah. And you could tell that he was always a bit like weird about it because all the women who were in there, you'd be like, Baldwin, <laughs> <laughs> ask him if he's got any jobs going <laughs> at the um, what did he have? Oh, the, the Medica factory. factory. Oh, okay, that's yeah. uh, still alive. No, he died recently. He did, didn't he? He got yeah. really recently. Yeah. Everybody's got their local horse, haven't they? Stourbridge was a bit of a thriving music community for like. We're talking before now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, like that late 80s. Yeah, Ned's Atomic Ned's Dustbin. Populated, populated itself. itself. They're the ones for me from around here. Populated uh, Wonder itself. stuff. And who, the other one? Oh, fucking hell. I always say that they've got one of the worst songs ever. Uh, I said to Ning on the last one. Oh, is it Carter the Unstoppable yes, Sex Carter Machine? Yes, the Unstoppable Sex Machine. <laughs> yeah. What is that, like Britain's own Seattle? <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're. yeah. Well, I went to see um, Lucy Porter at Stalebridge Football Club. Years ago, the comedian Lucy Port. Oh yeah, 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 the comedian. Yeah, yeah she was doing a uh, a, a trial show, I was like a warm up show. Lucy Porter, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for um for the Fringe, for the Edinburgh Fringe, and she was talking and she was just over the moon to be in Stalebridge. It's always, always been like what my dream to play Stalebridge because she was a fan of oh, all she these was bands. That kind of era. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah that's weird, isn't it? Whose ambition is it to play in Stalebridge? <laughs> Where were you playing in Stalebridge? Uh, Stalebridge Football Club. Okay. Yeah. Um. It was weird because I think they were doing a bit of a double header. So we, we went to see her. She was the headline act, mm. but um, she was on first. And a bit like Hogan in the day. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. On before the interval, <laughs> yeah, so he yeah. could get away. But the um, the support act was actually on afterwards, and it turned out they were doing the same gig over in Worcester, but the other way around, and the, the two were kind of passing uh, in their cars okay. during the yeah, interval. Yeah, yeah. So the compare was like, okay, we're gonna have, and the guy was called Carey Marks. Okay, we're going to have Kerry Marks next. And me and Peter was with, we're just like, oh, should we stick around? Well, yeah, let's stick around. And this guy came in, never heard of him before, never heard of him since. And he absolutely blew her off stage. He was fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah, he was oh, brilliant. No Kerry Marks, he if you're hilarious. out there, Christ. Yeah, get the get shit it, back on the road. Get in touch, Kerry. <laughs> Pick an album. <laughs> Pick an album. Love you, on. I think we can talk over this for a little bit. Yeah. Um. Lives off the refrain. Fuck does it. Has there ever been a song that lives off the refrain as much as this? Yeah, it, it feels like it would be profound to some people, but it leaves me cold. 
Oh, God. I can remember a couple of years ago when Robbie Williams was um, one of the judges on The X Factor. Okay. And they had this little scouser on there who was like, God, I don't know, got shit going on. Maybe he'd been homeless at some point. And Robbie was like, yeah, you know, I really think you should be doing, uh, you know, like All Together Now by the farm or something like that to really get people on your side. And... Man, it's a scouse song, isn't it? It's well, I've got who... this. I've kind of made a note of that. That, um, that, that they are from Liverpool, and be- they are between what else you've got on this album and, and around it. Have you ever listened to this album, Spartacus? No. It's fucking shite. This album was a number one album for the farm. No. Yeah, it was a number one album. Yeah, and their next album charted at number seventy six because there was nothing else on this album that was any good. Well, between sort of the farm and cast and oh, I like cast. Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm just gonna say, I like didn't cast. Manchester just kick the shit out of oh, Liverpool? Oh, well, Liverpool, yeah, 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 it did, Massively. it did, yeah, definitely. The northwest belongs to Manchester, definitely. Massively, and yeah, like I say, it feels like it, it'd be profound to like the same kind of people, same kind of boring people who like Bruce Hornsby. You know, the like, way it is. You know, I think this is some kind of like profound life of oh, like song, a, like a Trad England song as well. Yeah, didn't they do it for it? All together for England together. Oh. I, I think it was original. Don't, don't, don't even. Where, where, how did Sweet Caroline become a thing? Oh, I didn't realise get that until I heard sea. it on the William Hill adverts. Oh, oh it, yeah? needs, it needs to get right in the sea. <laughs> Um, here's a tie-in for you. Atomic Kitten did a version of this song with Golio 6 for the 20, uh, 26, yeah, 2006 World Cup. Okay. Um, no. it, this has been recorded, re-recorded, reproduced so many times. Um, it, sometimes TalkSport, we've mentioned TalkSport again, has had uh, the singer on, the guy, I don't know what his name is, but he's a Liverpool fan. And he's literally everything that's wrong. God, I'm alienating people all over the world. Yeah. Everything that's wrong with Liverpool fans. <laughs> Songs produce this song as well, so that gives it an extra seal of shit. <laughs> it's a... Uh... Hark back to talk sport quickly. Have you seen the interview of Ali McCoy absolutely pissing himself at Alan Brazil trying to play snooker? No. It's <laughs> worth watching. I've always liked Ali McCoy, though. Oh, he's fantastic. I've always thought he was a decent guy. Yeah. yeah. Him and Clive Tildesley just made the Euros. He's good. He's a good um, colour comms. He is. Yeah, he is, actually. He is. He's a good colour comms. I like, I like Ali McCoy. I've always liked him ever since... Um, uh, question of sport. Question of sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, John Parry actually, I've always liked him ever since Rangers. Yeah. Kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, seems like a good guy. And this song, it carries on and on and on and on, and it's basically the same thing. Yeah. And as you say, I think it is meant to be some kind of profound statement. Mm. It was originally called No Man's Land. I believe it's some kind of end of war kind of. Yeah, the video kind of points. I hate war shit as well. Yeah, I don't want war stuff. You know what I mean? Depends on the context. Yeah, I need to stop alienating people. (laughs) No one's listening anymore (laughs) anyway. (laughs) And we segue into Manchester next, don't we? As if to prove the point even further. 
Is that right? Yeah, yeah, next track's in Manchester. Oh, of course it is. Fuck me, this is crap. This is Ray from Bedores-esque. This is Come now On Baby, is, Light My Fire. Sure, this is like proper... This is like your baggy Manchester oh, yeah. scene. Oh, yes. Fuck, man. The Hacienda. Yeah, the Hacienda. It's um, apartments now. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 I saw the developed down into it. You what's alright? Do you not think based on this they might have some deep cuts? Um, in tomorrow carpets. Yeah. Um. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm liking the '60s psychedelia. Uh, um, Are you a Doors fan? Yeah. 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 I like the best of the Doors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's probably the only. They're a bit like Ash in that regard. It's probably the only album you'll ever need. Yeah. I, I think I prefer the Doors over Ash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ash have got some bad news, but yeah. Wasn't this the band that Noel Gallagher was the roadie for? Could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Say it sounds like. I believe this is is the band that Noel was um, roadieing for. Inspire or Carpets. Now, surely they were around at the same time as we said of all the Stairbridge bands. Yeah, but like it, a northern yeah. northern monkey version of it. Yeah, it would have kind of fallen yeah. into the same kind of time frame, definitely. It's more on carpets. What's their big? Is this their big song? Must be. I'm not. I, they're a band who I literally don't know anything about. We're going back to I know to this the, song, but yeah. We're going back to the whole thing of you having that um, that finite level of income and music was an investment back in those well, days. Like so it was just slightly before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And with a lot of things, like we said about the Smiths, how you think, oh, they're really intriguing. You know when you got back into wrestling yeah. in like 98 yeah. or 97, and you thought, oh, 95, 96 seems really interesting yeah. to delve into. I think probably music does as well. Like before then, and you think, oh, the couple of years before, for what sets the scene, for what's about to come. But I listen to it in Spiral Carpets, and I think, nah. You, you obviously fancy a bit I, of a thing, I'd, don't I'd you? I'd be tempted to have a bit of a dig on, on the back is of that, this. Is it that organ? It's, that it's, it's, do, it's doing a lot. It's doing, it's doing a lot of heavy lifting. Um, I thought the chorus was a bit late 80s, New Order-ish, and that put me off a little bit. Um, some I'm kind of seeing. Mm, yeah, some of the lyrics were a bit clunky. They're on high with Sky now, lads. But on the whole... Yeah, this was all right. It, there's a bit of a breakdown for about three minutes, 30 seconds. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And I think we talked on the last episode about fade-outs, and there's a fade-out on this, and it's lazy. Okay. I don't know another Inspiral Carpet song off the top of my head. Somebody out there is going, this song. Oh, we're getting we're getting absolute pelters. pelters from, I am right now. Yeah, <laughs> from Northampton or <laughs> Laos. Or... And following along the Manchester vibe... Why the hell did I pick this song?
come, I'll come in a bit when we've got the vocals. Now, this is The Charlatans. Yeah. With Weirdo. Um, the only one I know has definitely been out by now. You know what I mean? The only one I know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of, it's a massive departure from um, sort of like stuff like North Country Boy, isn't it? It's, oh, well, that was years later. It's a yeah. million miles away. I mean, oh. this, is, this one and the next one, I mentioned Populate itself a couple of times and these are very, very PWEI-esque I tell you what the Charlatans had a lot of number one albums like a lot like yeah. at least three and, and two of them around this kind of time yeah definitely I mean I'm, I'm kind of coming at this from the hipster angle again it's like do I prefer the earlier stuff on this basis because there's it's one tempo there's a persistent rhythm that doesn't really but the organ yeah you're liking yeah. the organ aren't you? I'm, I'm liking it yeah I'm liking the slacker vibe it's not going anywhere bold throughout, but it doesn't really matter. It's it, it, it's just kind of there and it's persistent. It's yeah, persistent. I, I can drive to this, you know. <laughs> that's something that's persisted through all the charlatan stuff. Is all they've always had like the organ mm. all the way through. I don't know if, what's his name, Tim plays it or whatever. Martin Burgess. Now, now he seems like a good egg, doesn't he? You're not having that. <laughs> nah, he does. I I was always turned off from Tim Burgess a little bit by. Do you remember Joe Wiley used to have a great show on yeah. Channel 4? Okay, yeah. And it was basically just Joe with three other people and they sat around a table and talked about music. I saw that on Sky Arts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did they replay it on Sky Arts? It, it might have been might have been a Sky Arts original. I'm okay. Sure, I'm sure it would have been. I remember watching one and Annie Lennox really, really, really annoying me. Okay. Well, originally she did that kind of show on Channel 4 and... There was some real good music discussion on there, yeah. like really good. It was it was proper like you know fucking hell, into your music kind yeah. of discussion stuff. Um, and Tim Burgess was on there, and he was so unengaging. Okay, he looked like he was really embarrassed to be there, or he didn't want to talk. But apparently, throughout lockdown and everything, he's come out as a bit of a good egg because he's been doing these nights, and you know, loads of people have been it's doing like these album listening parties, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, shit like that. Um, this was off their album between 10th and 11th this was a number one on the US modern rock charts really yes Yo, you, you wouldn't see the Americans in 92 in 92 oh, that's got to be an airline it's got to be because 92 you're right between Nevermind and Neutra like oh, <laughs> you know that's like wow what yeah, you're putting out there it's yeah? butting heads isn't it yeah hmm <laughs> Huh? You feeling this one? I like it a lot more now than I did when I was sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The hour of the night's probably coming across <laughs> thick and fast here, isn't it? I like the um, Charlton's Telling Stories album. Yeah. I own that. I own that. you got How High, North Country Boy, uh, Telling Stories. But I must say, I listened to it in the last 12 months and I thought a lot of the stuff surrounding it was not up to yeah. thingy. But as I say, they had a, they had at least two number one albums before that. I don't know if that was or not. And talking of number one albums, this next band had a number one album as well. Both sides of the Atlantic.
Jones. Yeah, this is. Uh, okay, go on. I'm interested in your take on this one. On this track? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a natural successor to the last one. I kind of feel the same way about it, really. It's a um, bit of synth and programming used sparingly, which is, mm. is, is always best to embellish, embellish what else is going on and add a bit of, uh, a bit of texture. Again, a bit uh, populated itself esque. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if it came on in the playlist in the car, I wouldn't skip it. So this was this was the number one album as well yeah. in the UK. Their other track, you, you know the other track, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I say both these tracks are massive in America as well. Yeah, they were, they were one of those names that you saw. In like Q yeah. or the enemy, but yeah, you never really heard. Well, oh man, I can. I've least I've definitely heard this album. Mm. Yeah, but these, I would say, are major outliers. Like, you know, Bob Dylan dropping Bob Dylan in a song. Yeah. Yeah, Mod- moderately interesting. You know. I'm, oh, I, I mean, I love this bit. No, I don't love it. I, it's alright. <laughs> stick the album on see where it goes wouldn't you oh yeah definitely yeah so you think you could get on board of the Jesus Jones album in 2021 yeah I'd give him a give him a spin see how it goes maybe on the commute <laughs> you, you do that and you let me know how it goes yeah yeah we'll, we'll, uh, we'll set some homework we'll do a, uh, a progress report next time okay we've got two tracks left on the second side of this album the last but one track. Now this is the other outlier. I think you massively. This is yeah, 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 yeah. You thought the same as me. Yeah. And I prefer this one to the other one. Oh, definitely, massively. Feel the Pain by Dinosaur Jr. from the album Without a Sound. If I listen to it like that, I can hear. You know, you had a. What was that band who did the um, the theme song for that sitcom that had Samantha Janus in it? Oh, when I find where my I heaven. find my heaven. I can hear that kind yeah. of. You know, that kind of. Guitar. Game on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear that kind of thing on it. But it's definitely got that American alt rock. Oh, Dinosaur Junior, what a fantastic band. Tell me a Dinosaur Junior song. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Oh. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Dinosaur Junior. Oh, you, you put me on the spot. Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> loads of times I'll listen to um, podcasts and they'll go, oh yeah, um, oh, and these remind me a lot of Dinosaur Junior. Yeah. Or, da da da, you know, Dinosaur Junior, have done a song like that. Here we go, hang on one second. Start chopping. Is this, this is on the, you're living all over me? Where you being? Okay. Oh, there's no going back to that. an American band, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And the track that's on here, Feel the Pain. Um, yes, sorry. Loving the, uh, loving the tempo switches at the end of the first refrain. And it goes back and forth, doesn't it, with those uh, sw- switching up the tempo throughout. And it's it's just, quite nice. Yeah, it's just done with like an effortless panache and a cool that your non-heavy Brit hands can't really pull off. It's, there's, a, there's a certain authenticity. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really lo-fi, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the, proper garage rock. It is. It's garage rock. Are you a fan of the garage rock explosion of the early 2000s? Like you strokes, Hiding with the strokes. Your white stripes, your... <laughs> I don't know who you're talking. I suppose it's kind of second wave, isn't it? So it's. Okay, I think we talked about it a bit on, on the Killers episode, and at the time it kind of yeah, passed me killers, by a bit. Killers were kind of chucked in with it, but yeah. they weren't that. No, it, it, it did pass me by a little bit. But, so. but this is, I think, bands like Dinosaur Jr., um, they kind of sit alongside the likes of. Um, Pixies, Husker do as the forerunners yeah. to grunge. Yeah, like the Pixies. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely get that kind of Pixies vibe from them. So, as such, that makes it, along with Zombie, those are the two contenders for the best track on, oh, on this yeah, compilation. Really? Yeah, between this and Zombie. Good Lord. Okay, so before we make that choice, um, if you have the last track, last track off the album, go for it. It was originally released in 1987, yeah, and it didn't even make the top 100. I think it was in the Smashing Pumpkins episode about shoegaze. Yes. Now, yeah. a lot of the second half of this album is not shoegaze. Charlatans are definitely shoegaze, I would say. Yeah. This yeah. Com- upcoming track is massively shoegazing. Tell you what, if I wouldn't have known ten years ago, I would have said, "Oh, this is the Smiths." Yeah, I've, I've got exactly, I've got Morrissey-esque vocals, yeah. very much so. Nice chorus, though. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, definitely. I know. I thought liking, it was now. <laughs> I'm liking the uh, the rhythm guitar part is very Paul Thompson Cure. Can hear the killers in it? Oh no, you can't. Better than the killers. It's got that whole Smith's Cure Bit of Jesus and Mary Chain in there Yeah Jesus and Mary Chain are another band who I'm Not massively familiar with Okay Mm. Are you um, A fan or knowledgeable Of Jesus Lizard No a bit yeah I've got Goat Okay. um, And uh, 
What's one of the albums called Liar? Knows, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do know that one. Uh, the House of Love. This is. See, I hear House of Love. I think he's 17. Everybody in the House of Love. Yeah. One love, one God. Ghost Jimmy Day. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking loves it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm liking this track. And here's, a, here's another one I'd, I'd do a dive on because I imagine they're. Uh, They've influenced a lot of uh, shoegazy kind of stuff subsequently, maybe. Um, I hear a bit yeah. of, um, there's uh, probably the most contemporary band that I would say I'm a flat-out fan of, who I really love, uh, The Twilight Sad. I don't know if you've heard of them, they're a fantastic no. band. Um, seen them twice. Uh, last, actually, the last gig I went to before lockdown, they supported Mogwai. In, um, I've heard of Mogwai, in Brum. Yeah. 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 And that, to me, that was a double head, headliner. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And at the Academy. That was at, oh, it's a cracking little venue called The Mill in Digbeth. Nah. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of at the back of Digbeth Dining Club by uh, Ghetto Golf. Yeah, kind of, big, yeah. Ghetto Golf. Down the yeah. end of the high street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's under, underneath, a, um, underneath a viaduct. Oh, right. Yeah, it's a uh, nice the, venue. What, what would you class as the best gig you've ever been to? Best gig I've ever been to. I'm, I know I'm putting you massively on the yeah. spot there at I'm this gonna, time of night. I'm going to go with two. Um, one, I'm going to pull my predictable one out and just one time I saw Pearl Jam just because they played a ridiculous hard you're a massive set. Pearl Jam mark. Because I'm a massive mark and they went on for ages and they played one song that night that they've never played before and never played since and just that was really good. But myself and Mr Boot and a couple of others a few years ago well, so I've, I've very few, uh, quite a few years ago now, um, went to the Slade Rooms in Wolverhampton. Yeah. And it was not long after Terrorvision reformed. Okay. And I'll tell you what, poxy little venue, absolutely rammed, and they absolutely slayed it. I must have seen them six, seven times overall across the years, but they yeah. were just absolutely on it that night. And you just you f- do forget how many absolute bangers they have. See... This is another album, um, How to Make Friends, we'll have to do. Ooh, that's, it's, we'll have to do that. It's high at some on my point. List. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll have to do that. I'd much prefer that album to the following album. Yeah. Well, I think you've got How to Make Friends, which is just uh, an absolute classic. I think the follow up, which is uh, Regular Urban Survivors, is really underrated. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, last time I saw them, that, I, they toured that album in full. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. That's a good one. Then after that, the wheels kind of came off a little bit. So, yeah, you'd say Pearl Jam and Television, yeah? I'd, I'd put them as kind of top of my head one and two. Do you think? Man, we're completely off topic here on yep. Pearl Jam, but <laughs> and I know you want to get to bed from <laughs> pressing you with questions. <laughs> Pearl Jam, they're this massive band. They get really big really quickly repel the fans yeah like every album is as if they're telling part of their fan base to fuck off yeah this isn't for you anymore yeah 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 and then, actually have a song titled not and, for you hang on and, and, and we're massive all through them first three albums yeah, yeah. and then probably take a, a bit of a dip in, in fan support but then they seem to have gone, come out the other side as like this really big touring band who can still fill yep like stadia and arena and they're playing to the gallery now. And who's going, oh, fuck me, like the third track on uh, Avocado is my favourite song. 
Who's doing that? Me and my ilk. On one of the social media channels, Kerrang put out a link to an article of like the 20 greatest Pearl Jam songs of, of like, the other day. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to oh, Where the hell's present tense? What's present tense? Where are um, we talking there? What's the help? No code. No code? Okay, yeah. That's, that is legitimately... You know like how they were um, batting off fans? Yeah. Yeah, that was when I... Took the bat. Yeah, okay. That was me that yep. time. Like yeah. <laughs> I was like, even on with Vitology, yeah, I'm still like here. And then with no code, that yeah, that the bat hit me, and I was off that time. Yeah. <laughs> you I... stuck with them all through it. Is there never been a time when you thought? Mm. No, I've stuck with them. The last favorite band. Yeah, yeah. Subjectively, not not best objectively. Yeah, no, but. Yeah, that subjectively is what it's all about for yeah. your favourite band, isn't it? I mean, objectively, I, I, I know we're not arguing that um, Radiohead are the finest musical artists. I don't want to these, argue These oils have ever produced. I would, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. We're all, we're all just accepting that fact there, aren't I we? I tell you what, um, a couple of episodes ago, I did St. Anger. Yes, yeah. yeah, good episode. Like and that. I like the way he didn't wheel in and absolutely pan it either. That it, that nah, it was a nuance. There's no point. Threw yeah. a bit of context on yeah. it as well. Although I will pull up one thing that um, yourself and Gaz, you didn't give Invisible Kid anywhere near the kicking it deserves. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if you noticed towards the end of the episode we were really flailing. We like have, we are now. <laughs> no, no, I'm not now. I'm re- I'm raring. <laughs> we, we were really flailing, and when Gaz put the live Metallica song on, we were like this. And then he said, "Oh, uh, the song to play set is Metallica." I can't remember which track it was. And then we were like smiling, like, "Yeah, yeah it's okay." Yeah, again. like how I can't remember a Dinosaur Junior song. Now. <laughs> that's oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I forgot my point. <laughs> um, yeah, Santanga. Santanga, yes. So, how we did Santanga, and had previously done Metallica, Metallica, I wanted to try and keep big distances between doing yeah. bands, albums. Yeah. But the Benz, that's okay. another one. Yeah. I prefer the Benz to OK Computer. Yeah. I, yeah. I see why, why I lots would. of people would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I heard another podcast do the Benz recently. Yeah. And they were on board with it and liked yeah. it and stuff, but we could do that better. Right, sure. We could do that better. Sold. So we've got a couple there. Yeah, yeah, well, we literally we just hit about like half a dozen <laughs> albums that we could do. You want to do a Kid Rock album? <laughs> I'll have to think about that. <laughs> Don't want that, of course. I'm going platinum. What do you think about what do you think about the Shine compilation? It's a uh, it's a decent time capsule. It's kind of a, a a window into what was going on culturally, and it kind of thinks it's kind of trying to balance what was going on at the time with maybe its predecessors and the influence the road there maybe for do you think that was what it was it was like we're going to put out a lot of these albums and this time we're going to like front load some current hits and then we're going to whack a load of um, historical songs on the b-side that seems to be kind of the size of it yeah I'll wouldn't really attest to um, the fact that they knew they were going to do a lot of them. Probably hope that they were, but um, it could have just as easily been a cynical cash-in. So what do you think overall? Overall, it's decent. Yeah. It's decent. There's 
there's a fair mix of good stuff, reasonable stuff, and dross. It's weird to give this a rating. You know, like we used yeah. to give um, a grading. Yeah. Like if I was looking at this this as um, as a grading, I'd. I'll be completely honest. I'd probably be going C minus. Mm. Um, yeah, you've just read my mind, really. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same. I think there's some some really good tracks. What were the two tracks you said were your favourites? Um, feel the pain. Feel Dinosaur the pain Junior. and zombie. Zombie cranberries. Okay, yeah. I'd probably pick cigarettes and alcohol and connection. Well, okay. Yeah. So we're. we're we're coming at it from kind of it, different... It's different things to different yeah, people, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this, yeah, definitely. This album, I think which is kind of the point of the compilation yeah, in yeah. a nutshell. I think it's a nice sampler for people who are going to get into it. I think when 95 was around and this dropped, there was no streaming. I can definitely remember, even in 97, thinking to myself, fucking hell, I wish I could get rocks by Primal Scream and I think I'm paranoid by garbage there yeah. in my pocket. Yeah. Well, you say kind of what kind of purpose does it serve and where does it sit in the pantheon but there's th- three possibly four things I'm going to take from this and maybe do a bit of a deep dive I'm going to give Elastica more of a chance mm. I've got high hopes for House of Love okay I'll, I'll check out um, some deep cuts of Inspiral Carpet see how that goes mm-hmm. and uh, you let me know how that goes definitely <laughs> and uh, may- maybe some early charlatans as well see how that uh, yeah I think charlatans go a lot bigger as, a lot better sorry as yeah. they go along but mm. Mm. yeah I, I think I'm I might be leaning the other way there if if that tracks anything any kind of indication but that would have been the purpose that this served at the time to um, to introduce those people with a lack of streaming to yeah yeah to new bands that fell within the radius of what they were already into so like you know some uh, some uh, magazines always used to give away like a a tape with 10 tracks on yeah man i can remember getting those tapes and then checking out at least three or four of those bands definitely you know what i mean and they're bands which possibly i still listen to now yeah yeah. I believe NME gave away an original demo version of Cigarettes and Alcohol before mm. Oasis put out Definitely Maybe kind of thing yeah. to like go, oh, look, these are the bands who are coming along kind of yeah. thing. You've covered, obviously, previously um, the first Linkin Park album, and I bought that off the back of um, The Hype and off a sampler. I think Karangle Metal Hammer put With You on a sampler. Yeah. And I was like... Okay. If, well, yeah, absolutely. That's I was, I was like, if this is, um, if this is what they're putting on the sampler, this album's going to be good. And I got, got the album put in. I was like, okay, that's the best track. Oh, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. not a fan of that first Linkin Park album? It's, it's definitely the best Linkin Park album. Though. It can again, it's of its time, and I've moved on. You can, it can, it can stay there. Okay. All right, cool. Um, are you going to commit? Are we going to um, follow this shine thing through? Let's try the next one see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. yeah let's do it. <laughs> I think we should do all ten. I'll de- oh, I'm definitely going to be hitting all ten. If you're on board, then yeah. Great stuff. I thank you very much for coming to join me tonight. No worries. I've laboured through that one. I think, a <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, I always mean to say this at the start of the episode, but I don't. So if anybody is two and a half hours deep, then get in touch with me. 
jukeboxpod at gmail.com. Follow the show on Facebook at Personal Jukebox Podcast. You can look at the shit going on on Instagram at jukeboxpod. Write it, review it, big it up. Come on. Stuart Boyd, give us a songs class out, dear sir. Right. Um, let's, let's follow on from that last track. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pimp them because I love them. Let's go with a bit of Twilight Sad. So, uh, there's a girl in the corner. The Twilight Sad Girl in the Corner. This is a new band. Fairly new. Ten years, that's been close, isn't it? What genre of music of the Twilight Sad? I'd call them shoegazy with... Uh, they've added a bit of electronica recently. Oh, but new shoegazy electronica, Fair, yeah? Fairly new. Nobody wants to be here and nobody... Wants to leave. What an album. to leave. Okay. I'll have a listen. And I may or may not listen to the album after this. Do it. She's not We'll have 30 seconds. Cortinas. <laughs> okay, right. Thank you very much for, for proper haircuts. <laughs> Thank you much, very much for listening, everybody. I'll see you in two weeks' time. You'll hear the dulcet tones of somebody else. Not going to be Mr. Boyd next time. See you soon. Bye.